Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. Has anyone else joined the call who would like to say good morning? Good morning, Susie. It's Diane. Good morning, Diane, and Merry Christmas good. to you. Good morning. Merry Christmas to you, and happy Thursday. Happy Thursday to you, too. God bless you. God bless you. <clears throat> Thank you. Has anyone else joined the call who would like to say good morning? Good morning, and God bless you all. Thank you. 
like to say good morning. Pam, did you see that was your uncle that passed? Yes, it was my uncle in Neptune, New Jersey. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh-huh. Is anyone else joining the call that would like to say good morning? Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. Has anyone else joined the call that would like to say good morning? Good morning, Sister Susie. It's Beloved Barb. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, God bless you. God bless you, too. You have a wonderful, wonderful day, and Merry Christmas. Same to you. Season's greetings. Thank you. Well, before we do move forward, we ask that you put your phones on mute so that we can proceed. And good morning. My name is Susie, and I am your hostess, and thank you for joining us here on Declare Victory. We are a prayer call that meets Monday through Saturday, starting at 6 o'clock a.m. Pacific Time, to edify, empower, encourage and equipped you in your walk with Christ. Please feel free to invite a friend so they can be blessed too. Thank you for joining us in December where the message is centered around the theme of focus. Next month, the theme is entitled Purpose. Be sure to call in daily. We know that you will be blessed by a wonderful and gifted declarer. We do have three announcements today. First, ladies, please join us tonight on the Walk It Out Women's Call, and that's at 6 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We will be having an adjusted call consisting of prayer only, then we will release you to enjoy the holiday with your family. Second, we would like to offer you an opportunity to put God first in the area of your finances and participate in the year-end giving. Our mission here at Declare Victory is to offer sound declarations based on biblical truths, along with prayer during the week and, out, and outreach participation to serve our communities in need. You can partner with Declare Victory by giving through our one of three ways. It's declarevictory.org dot paypal dot me forward slash declare victory or cash app dollar sign dot, excuse me I declare victory now. Now repeat that the dollar sign I declare victory now. We pray, we pray many blessings by our Heavenly Father be returned to you for giving and trusting in him. Lastly, please join us tomorrow on Christmas Day. We will have an adjusted call consisting of prayer by our one very own radical midwife. 
Today we will release you to enjoy the holiday with your family. Um, we do have no prayer requests on the app, but we do have a spoken prayer request from Pam. Her request is that we pray for her and her family. Her uh, uncle has passed away. We are so sorry for your loss, Pam. The order of the call is prayer and corporate praise will be brought by Diane. The declaration will be brought by Moses. And we will go right into the closing comments hosted by the declarer Moses. And I will repeat that. Prayer and corporate praise will be brought by Diane. The declaration will be brought by Moses. Then we will go right into the closing comments hosted by the declarer Moses. And the scripture for today is from 1 John 3 and 3. And everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself just as he is pure. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of his holy word. At this time, we ask that you put your phones on mute until instructed to come off mute. I now pass the call to the prayer warrior, Diane. God bless you all. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you this morning. On bending knees, bow down heads, and a heart of humility. God, we thank you just for who you are, for you are the sovereign Lord. You are the God who provides all of our needs. You are a faithful God. You are a just judge. You are Elohim, the God who created the heavens and the earth and all that dwells in it. So, God, we give you praise today. We magnify your holy name. For there is none that's holier than you. There is none, Lord God, none like you. None can compare to you. For you are the transcendent God. God, we can never know enough about you. We can never know everything about you. Only you know the heart of God. Only you know who God is. God, we thank you this morning, Lord God. For Jesus, you are the only one who laid your life down that we may have life and have life more abundantly. You are Jehovah Pesiskanu, the God of righteousness. God, I thank you this morning. I give you praise. I thank you that we have breath in our body this morning. I thank you for the brand new mercies that you give us each morning that we open our eyes. You give us a new opportunity, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, I just give you praise this morning, God, for you are the God of all comfort, oh God. In the name of Jesus, I just give you praise. You said since then, we have been raised with Christ to set our hearts on the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. So God, we thank you this morning. We set our minds on things from above, oh God, and not on earthly things. God, show us the things that has taken our focus off of you, that we may repent, oh God. God, you said that 
If we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins, oh God. In the name of Jesus, I just praise you this morning just for who you are. Lord God, someone has their phone off mute. Please mute your line. Please mute your line. God, we thank you this morning for being our Father. God, help us to keep you and put you in first place. You're not a second place, God. So, God, let us put you in the first place in our heart. Can someone please mute your line? I can still hear you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just give you praise. I thank you, Lord God, that you are a compassionate God. You are God of all comfort. Those that are, have lost loved ones, Lord God, and, and the loss of Ted White, oh God, and the loss of Pam's uncle, and, and the loss of the Tucker family's uncle. Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you praise, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that when we're going through the loss of a family member, oh God, God, we thank you that you are right there. You're the God who comforts all of us. And you said with the same comfort that you have given us, we are to give to those who are seeking comfort, those who have lost one, those who have trouble in their lives, Lord God, to return the same comfort that you have given us. So, Father, we thank you this morning. We give you praise, Lord God, and I just thank you, Father, for being the great God, the good, good Father. Father, when we're in trouble, we can run to you and be safe. You are our safe haven, Lord God. You are our God. So, God, I thank you this morning for opening up your heart for us, oh God, that we may, that you may receive us this morning, Lord God. God, we repent of any sin that's in our heart, anything that's keeping us from being in your presence. God, we thank you this morning for declare victory, Lord God. We thank you for all the troubles that declare victory has gone through as a family, oh God, in the name of Jesus. But God, you who restore us, you who gives us comfort, you who keeps us in our right mind, you who keeps us, Lord God, in these times of trouble, in this time of a pandemic, in this time of COVID-19. God, you are the God who keeps us. You are the God who protects us. You are the God who protect our mind and Keep us in our way, oh God. You said, let's keep our mind stayed on you. Keep our gaze focused on you and you alone. Only you, Lord God, can save us. Only you can restore us to righteousness. Only you can put us in our rightful place, our mind, Lord God, our, our soul, our spirit, oh God. In the name of Jesus, we just give you praise this morning. Now, if everyone would take your phones off of mute, 
and give God the praise that's due him. God, we thank you this morning for being a loving God, for being a God of restoration, for being a God who is Jehovah Rapha,
how do you how do you spread hope and how do you build up without without you know getting too uh you know too deep into into the hard stuff of this year into the dark things that have happened kind of the places where we go to in our mind in the midst of of such hard times and i want to say about a year and a half ago maybe a little bit longer than that probably i personally started to i started to discern something really heavy on my heart and it was fear um it was the fight with fear it was the battle with fear and it was the experience of fear and i wanted to say it probably started about 3 to 4 years before um before everything started this year we've gone through a lot of there's been a lot of a lot of big things happening this year not even including anything pandemic related um but we have so many things culturally there's been so many of us hit financially i i don't think i know a single person who wasn't affected financially because of the pandemic and then even more recently the more i hear about individual families and and personally my family has has lost a family member within the last couple of weeks and then almost lost another family member and um just seeing the fear that can grip us especially in this time and this season and I, and i know that it's very important for us to focus on realign our focus on what what god did in the redeeming works of jesus on the cross for us but the entire timeline for me was i believe the lord posturing and preparing my heart to teach on the subject of fear this year and if you go back and if you listen to any playback from from this year i i preach at least i think twice a month uh two saturdays every every month this year starting actually a year ago and what i realized was that everything did have an underlying theme of fighting fear even prior to march and this was something that had been on my heart for a couple of years prior to that and also real quick i just want to take a moment if everybody could just make sure that their phone is on mute uh, just to minimize any background noise thank you guys for that right now i appreciate that um i wanted to say about a couple years prior to this year i had started to really really for the first time struggle with fear and when i explain kind of the life cycle of this I, you know it'll make more sense on why the theme of today is hope and why why we're planning on speaking to that in the midst of this season when it's like well you know it's christmas we should be talking about this and let's talk about festivities and you know all and that's great you know and absolutely and and it's important to hold on to to Christ in this but i want to talk about something that is very big and cap it off with this because i believe that there has been a massive attack of fear to draw us away from the hope and the promises of God to draw us away from the life that the Lord has for us the callings that he has for us and just the future that he has for us as his face here on this earth and and um you know in attack of that i started to go through i you know i want to say there are episodes of maybe not not panic attacks or or anxiety but it was just deep deep fear consuming me starting a couple of years ago and i mean i went all over the spectrum in this 
And, you know, we're going to get real today. It's going to be a real fight with fear. And, and I, I, you know, I spent all week really contemplating, you know, it's Christmas Eve, you know, a lot of us are celebrating, a lot of us have work off, you know, do you really want to go there? And I've fought with that. And, and the Lord has even spoken to me through people around me and bringing it up. And I think it's something that I have to do today is I have to go there because I do want to give a positive, encouraging message today. But I also don't want to run from from the real stuff that we're all going through. I don't want to run from the fear that's that's kind of hiding behind the holidays, like when, when January 4th comes around or, you know, when we're back to work or when everybody leaves and goes home. I, I don't want us to wait until those moments to address the fear. I don't want us to wait till Monday morning till we address the fear. I want us to celebrate, keep our head up and be positive and fight this with joy and fight this with peace. But it's time that we get real, I think, as Christians. I think as believers in the midst of this season, in the midst of this year that we're going through, we won't always be where we're at, where we were at this year as a people, as a, as a faith group, as a ministry, as a community. We won't always be where we, where we have been this year and even probably these last couple of weeks for a couple of us. For, for a few of us, and, and probably actually really for most of us, because I know that we're going to get through this. We're going to be on the other side of this. But who we are through the process of this is going to determine how we walk into that part. And so, like I was saying, I started to feel and pick up on fear. And I noticed that due to the nature of the way I serve the ministries and the churches that I've always been a part of, my wife and I will usually go through something a year, two years before everybody else goes through it. And I myself, that has always been the case. I will always go through something and it feels like I'm going through it alone, but it's kind of like a scout, you know, and a scout in war. And you think about older civilizations, how they would send somebody out to kind of scout, well, how many people does the enemy army have? And what does the terrain look like? And what is the weather going to be like? And it would be one single individual scout that would kind of go out before and then come back and give a report. And I noticed that that was the case uh, for me for pretty much my whole life, that I would experience something and then everybody else would experience something. And this would be a part of everything, whether it was work or ministry or church. And I noticed that in the years leading up to this year, I started experiencing everything that, that comes with this year, two years ago, a year ago, you know, six months before everything started. and. All of it was fear-based. There was, there, was, there was an immense attack of fear. And I had to figure out and isolate, why am I getting hit with fear this much? Why am I getting hit with anxiety, with stress, with overthinking? This is way more than normal. I looked back at different parts of my life and I'm like, man, there was different seasons uh, uh, that, you know, that our country was in politically, that, uh, you know, that the church was in, places where the church was going at, like even on an international level. You saw like a, an outburst and growing and giftings and just showings and the Holy Spirit showing powerfully through different conferences. And there was like a lot of different things going on. It's like, this is different. This season, this part of my life, this is definitely different. There's something going on here. And I couldn't sleep. I had developed insomnia. I 
I had developed for the first ever time panic attacks. I would have moments where I had to pull over because I was just getting hit so hard with thoughts of fear and things that I feared that I would need to pull over. Um, you know, a lot of these things starting to happen within these last couple of years leading up to, to 2020. And I had to really, really fight fear. And I had to really, that was a fight that was happening every day. That was a fight that was, I mean, I'm talking irrational fears, everything, you name it, but rational fears, family, loved ones, getting into the hospital, getting sick, losing loved ones, being in the middle of the craziest things that you could ever possibly imagine. And, and just thinking to myself, my God, what is going on? What, how, Lord, how is, what is our family becoming? What is our life becoming? What is my life becoming? How are these things normal? How are phone calls like this normal? How, how, how am I losing shock because of the nature of the things that I'm experiencing with family and finances? I mean, just all throughout, you name it, anything you can imagine happening, anything, all within a short condensed period of time. And I had to understand very quickly that the Lord was preparing me. And I knew that the Lord had always used me as a watchman to go out first, to stay up late, to be the one that intercedes. 98% of the work is done in intercession and in, in, in my calling. It's all in intercession. And I knew that it was something that I, that I needed to understand first so that I could share and prepare others for. And I knew that I was going through it having hope that there was something greater on the other side, that there was a burst on the other side, that if pain was in the night, that we were going to explode past dawn, worshiping God, giving praise and glory, and defining his character through our ability to succeed through that night, through the pain, all of it was temporary. And it is. And that's what I want you to take away from today. Today is not like a traditional message. You don't have like a structured three-point message or anything. But today's a heart share where I want you to really be present with your family today and tomorrow, where I want you to not just, hey, let's, you know, distract ourselves with everything that's going on. And there's football this weekend and we got playoffs and family's coming. And, you know, we got all these things and holidays and all this stuff. And, you know, there's a couple people that are, that are still going to travel and this and that. Like, no, we have to address these things now, especially if we're going to be around family, especially if we're going to be around friends, especially if we're going to, go into this world in the middle of what's happening right now. And for me, I look to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy is my favorite book, and we're going to be reading from uh, chapter 31. And I know you probably never hear anybody say that. Like, no one says, oh, yeah, like, you know, what are your kids' names? Like, Joseph and Mark and John and Deuteronomy. Like, Deuteronomy, you just don't hear about. You know, I, I was in a, um, a Bible study a couple months back with my in-laws. I was at their house and I was in a Bible study with them and somebody made fun of Deuteronomy, not making fun of it and like mocking God in a way, but like, just as in like, it's a, it, it's one of the old Testament first five. Like, it's just like a book that's a little bit thicker. It's a little bit slower and, um, you know, specific to Hebraic, you know, history that we, you know, utilize now and how we see God's journey with us. But like, it, it wasn't something like as encouraging as, you know, the Psalms and, you know, the Gospels and the Acts of the Apostles and different books are a little bit more vibrant, right? But to me, I have always 
I've always loved Deuteronomy. I cry when I read Deuteronomy. I, I genuinely mean that. I really actually do. I have Deuteronomy 8 tattooed on my hand, the back of my hand, so that I would never forget it. And and in that book, it's ri- it's written to write down the promises of the Lord. I'm not telling any of you to go out and get a tattoo or that that's what that means, but I'm just saying that for me, it's very important. And for me, it's it, it's something that hits my heart. And the entire book of Deuteronomy touches me because it's something where God says, I wrote out the, the tough times with you. I was with you when you had nothing. I was with you when it was dark. I was with you when you guys were dying. I was with you when you guys were hurting, when you guys were hungry. And I'm going to take you somewhere that you can't imagine. I'm going to take you somewhere that's so good for you, that's so right for you, that was always for you, that I had always set apart for you. But I need you to not forget me there. And I need you to not let go of me in that place. Because what we fail to realize is that whether there's a pandemic or not, whether every single family member is healthy or not, whether we have money in the bank or not, whether we met that person or not, whether we're happy, whether we're fulfilled, whether every prayer request is lined out because it got answered, we will still get destroyed by promise then just as easily as we got destroyed by Egypt. And that's the biggest thing to take away from Deuteronomy is to know that when you find peace, when you get to that plateau, when you get to that place of deliverance, you can still idolize that over God. You can still forget him there. And Deuteronomy 31 is very important because it talks about that. And it talks, it's really broken up into four different portions in Deuteronomy 31. and I'm not going to read all of it, but I'm primarily going to read verses 1 through 7, uh, verses 14 through, well, 14 through through 29 is a lot. I might not read all of it. I might just cover it and kind of gloss over that part. Um, And then the last uh, part kind of just transitions into the next book. But, you know, Deuteronomy 31 starts off with um, verse 1, and it's Joshua succeeding Moses. And it says, then Moses went out and spoke these words to all Israel. I'm now 120 years old, and I'm no longer able to lead you. The Lord has said to me, you shall not cross the Jordan. Hold on to that part, because we're going to, that's one of the first of two parts that we're really going to focus on in this verse. You shall not cross the Jordan. The Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. You will destroy these nations before you, and you will take possession of their land. Joshua also will cross over ahead of you. This is the second part to hold on to. Joshua also will cross over ahead of you, as the Lord said. And the Lord will do to them what he did to Sihon and Og, the kings of Amorites, whom he destroyed along with their land. The Lord will, will deliver them to you. And you must do to them all that I have commanded you. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be terrified. I'm going to read that again. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. Be strong and courageous. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And Moses summoned Joshua 
and said to him in the presence of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors to give them, and you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. And that last verse in verse 8, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. The next section from 9 through 13 is talking about the public reading of the law. And then 14 um, through, I think it was 29, he said, was Israel's rebellion predicted. It's about what I was talking about, where your promised land can destroy you. We can become complacent. And the verse that I have tattooed on my hand is Deuteronomy 8. It's talking about just that, being sure to not forget the Lord when things are going well. And it, it comes down to a conversation where we think to ourselves, and I'm going to get into breaking that down because we're, we're pretty much just going to um, pretty much break down verses one through through eight, kind of like a from Jesus, and we're going to just kind of, uh, or uh, exegesis, I'm sorry, wrong word. Um, we're going to break down one through nine, one through eight. I'm sorry, I keep saying that wrong. We're going to break down Joshua succeeding Moses and, and how that affects us today and what we're going through as we walk through this season, as we walk through a pandemic, as we walk through financial hardship, as we walk through family um, situations and health and status and things like that and stuff that's happening to us. And, and how do we handle the fear that can consume us in these? And how do we hold on to hope? And we're going to break down what happened to the Israelites and what God charged them with and what he commanded them to do so that they can be successful in a time exactly like what we're going through right now and how important this is to us. And what I want to go back to is how it's very, very easy for us to get destroyed by a promised land. And I know that we think that Oh, you know, when everything that we've prayed for, everything that we've worked for, when we've traveled through the wilderness, when we've when we've we've crossed over the Jordan and we've we've crossed into our promised land, um, it's going to be better. It's going to be good, right? When everyone in our family is is healthy, when when everybody is doing good, it's going to be better. And that makes sense logically to our mind based off the way we're programmed as human beings. We we avoid disaster. We try to avoid hurt and pain at all costs. We try to help. We will argue with people to talk about the best way to do things, whether it's politically, whether it's culturally, because we, we want the wrong thing. We have become so preoccupied and so focused on our own understanding of what a perfect life would look like that we fail to realize what we've been charged with. We fail to remember what we have to be here on this planet. And it's a hard process to let go of. It's a very, very hard process to let go of because we don't live our lives in a way that shows that we're really truly prepared for the things that are going to happen until we go through them and then we have to find out who God is. See, we're not guaranteed any of that. Any of the things that we fight so hard for, it's hard because 
we're not guaranteed those things. It's hard for me. You know, I have I have a few family members that that come to mind when I think about the hardships and interceding and praying for a loved one, for an immediate family member who is hurting, whether it's health, emotional health, mental health, um, decisions they might make, hurt or pain that a loved one can cause you due to the state that they're in, whether they're consciously doing it or not. And yes, we do have to hold on to promises of God as a healer, of promises of God as a provider. But we have to know that the strength and the way we change the atmosphere around us comes out from within us, comes out from within, from, from who God is and what he's placed inside of us in those situations. Because we read the Bible, we know the truth, we know who Jesus Christ is, we know what the sacrifice was. But what does that do inwardly to us that comes outward in the face of adversity? And that's what we have to focus on. That's what we have to remember. That the adversity that we face isn't something to be avoided. It's something that we hit head on. Because God could be there too. And he's there through each one of us. He's there through the joy, through the hospital visits, through the phone calls, through the phone calls from jail the calls when some where somebody's crying and they haven't talked yet and you're just like please just tell me what's wrong please i just what's going on please tell me all of which i've gotten in the last two weeks by the way you name it and i wasn't going to go here i was going to bring this stuff up but i know that we have people going through it and i need people to understand that you're not alone because i've gotten all three of those phone calls within the last two weeks from jail to suicide, to murder, to killing, to death, to to not knowing, not knowing what somebody's going to do, to trying to be there for people. You know, we go through real things. We go through very real things. And I came to a point where I, I had to think to myself, God, it doesn't end sometimes, you know, it just, it doesn't, where, 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 where does our hope come from, Lord? And I, and I thought to myself in a lot of these situations, God, like, you've got to step in and change something, Lord. You've got to do this, Lord. And I, and I kept saying, God, you got it. You got to You got to protect this person. God, you got to heal this person. You got to change this. You got to, don't let this happen, Lord. You got to do this. You got to do this. You got to do this. And what I failed to realize is that God is already acting. God sent me. God sent you. God sent every person interceding for it. Because what happens is we all come to a point in life where we ask God, God, if you're good, how could you let that happen? God, if you love us, how can you let this evil happen? How can you let these things happen? How can this person slip through our hands? How can this family member slip through our hands? Why does this family member keep making the same decisions time after time after time? Why does this happen? Lord, why, why are we in this? Why is, there, why is this pandemic happening like this? Why, why, is this? why is this going unchecked, uncontrolled? Why is our culture like this? Why, why do we log on to Facebook and we're seeing the evil come out of people? We're seeing the ego coming out of people. We're seeing people who were like, man, that guy was super cool. And then in the middle of everything happen happening racially, socially, culturally, we're like, whoa, 
I thought I knew that person. I did not know that person at all. Wow, did not see that coming. Things so obvious to us. How? Why? And really genuinely needing an answer from God and then not getting it. And I've heard that I've heard that used in debates a lot. I've heard that used in arguments a lot. And almost every person that I've met that doesn't go to church anymore uses that as the one reason. Well, I find it hard to believe that a loving God would allow these things to happen. And trust me, I promise you, I've, I've come from every kind of phone call. And I'm still here today because I know this. Every evil, every dark, every hurtful, every painful situation, whether it was at a funeral home, whether it was at a hospital, whether it was at a house, whether it was with the cops, whether it was with the ambulance, whether it's seeing the craziest things in front of my eyes that I would never imagine that I would ever see in my life. That my, my life, I would have never, ever, it would have shocked me if you would have ever said that I would have had to see to my face some of the things I've had to see. On the other side of all of that, I can truly tell you that God is in the midst of everything. Because we always ask the wrong question and we always have the wrong focus. See, as the Israelites were going into the promised land, the entirety of their focus was on whatever challenge presented them that day. The entirety of their fixation was built around whatever was preventing them from peace, security, and happiness. See, the entire problem there and the reason why they kept getting handed over into slavery and into rebellion and all these Things even in the promised land, okay, even in the promised land was due to what they were focusing on. They began to attract whatever they were focusing on. And it's so many times that we attract whatever we're focusing on because our thought process builds the world around us based off of our actions. And our actions are based off the way that we think and thinking patterns. And I'm not saying that every bad situation you're in today is because all you do is think about it. But we have to remember that we have a God who has been with us when we were in Egypt. We have a God who was with us in the wilderness. We have a God who has prepared us for times like these. And we have a God that will get us through to the other side. But it is up to us to no longer bring problems that we think are bigger to God, to his throne. It's time for us to bring a God that is bigger than everything against us up to every single one of those problems. Because when every time I hear people in a debate or telling me like that, oh, you know, the reason why I don't go to church is because how could God let this happen? How does this happen? Why, if God's so good, why would he allow a pandemic to kill this many people? Why would he allow this to happen? The reason that we are focusing on the wrong thing is because the very question we're asking is wrong. We don't understand and know who God is. We know who problems are. We know what problems are. We know what hurt is. And because we've been so fixated on that, we've missed out on the eternal, infinite nature of God's love, the power of God's love in the face of every adversity, the power of God's love when you pray for something and it doesn't happen, the power of God's love when you are experiencing loss, the power of God's love when you are experiencing financial hardship, the power of God's nature and loving kindness and character in the midst of everything, 
because what we do is we draw a boundary around our problem and we say, God, why can't you go in there? We draw a problem around our hurt and we say, God, why can't you do anything about that? We, we create a throne and we place, we place our worst fears on that throne and we say, God, why are you not bigger? Not the other way around. We don't go into battles knowing who our God is. We go into battles praying for God to save us. And that is so awesome. That is so awesome. And today I want to teach you how to go into a problem. I am, I haven't gone through everything that you can go through. I haven't experienced everything. But I know that through the things that I have to walk through, I know how to go through it with God. I have no power in a situation. I have nothing. None of my Bible knowledge will save me. None of my experience, none of every, wherever I've preached or served or done anything is going to save me. The only thing that I have walking through that is knowing who my God is and understanding that I've chosen to serve God. Understanding that I have chosen to submit my life and my family to God. And it is not easy. It is extremely hard. It is extremely just either. If you serve God and you go into these situations like this, it's going to be hard. And if you don't serve God, it's going to be hard either way. So you might as well just serve God. You might as well go in saying that we've been set apart because we've, we've decided to serve the Lord, to submit to the Lord. Through this adversity, through this pain, through this hard time, we've chosen to serve the Lord. You can do what you want to do, but we've chosen to serve the Lord. And you become an example and you become a loud ringing voice through the wilderness of God's goodness, of who God is and how God can get you through these times. Not that he will take things away because we don't understand the nature of our character and the pressure and the pressing that brings out who we really are until we've gone through pain and adversity alongside God, until we've lived it. And sometimes we don't want to live it. We just, let's just let it go away for a little while. And that's where I was. I thought that if, you know what, I just pray, I do enough good, I do all these things, it's just I can bypass it, live a nice, quiet life, and I'll be fine. And the truth of it is, is like I said, I had to go through a lot of things before I taught on it. And I want you to see the real victory in this. The real victory is our hope is in the Lord. It's not that our real victory is if you're just a powerful enough prayer warrior, you can pray healing and pray change and pray all these things over these situations, and they're going to go away. And you will never have to face on or address the real weaknesses and issues and areas of your heart that are preventing you from walking in a real relationship with the Lord. Because all you've ever done is deflect hurt and pain. You've just avoided from going deep in that place. That's not what we're called to do. You know, you need to look at the life of Jesus. We need to really, really, truly look at the life of Jesus. We have to look at everything from the way he was born, from a hit being put on his head, from before he even came out, before he even came out of the womb, to the way that he died, the entirety of his life. Jesus wasn't sitting on on the water side, like with people fanning him with banana leaves and feeding him grapes, just going out performing a couple miracles and going back into a mansion. It was hard. It was very hard. And it's very hard for us to contextually compare our lives against him because it was an entirely different world, devoid of all technology. There was no smartphones. 
and you have to adapt a lot of what you read in the Bible to what we have today, to the life that we see today versus the life that they would have seen 2000 years ago. And, and in the Old Testament case, even longer than that, right? And it was very, very hard. The, think about Jesus' life in the equivalent of today. Imagine if we knew somebody who just did ministry and didn't have a home and, and didn't have nice clothes and for all intents and purposes was probably homeless. We don't think of Jesus like that today because the spiritual leaders we see today, you know, wear like Nike fear of gods and like, you know, like $1,500, like Gucci jackets and things like that. Like we, we don't think about the contextually what Jesus would look like today if Jesus was walking around preaching and had, had a ministry. You know, this is somebody who he wasn't advertising messages. This is where people came to him. People followed him. You know, we have to think of the reality. Jesus might not have even been on social media. Jesus might not have had a ministry website or an app you can, you know, you can follow along where he's going to be at on. You know, look at how real and hard his life was. This is Jesus. This was God's son coming to make an exclamation point on, on the entirety of the cross, his life to make an exclamation point on that sacrifice. It was very difficult. It was constantly being plotted against. He was ultimately killed. He had nothing. He washed people's feet. They, they lived off of other people giving to them. He depended on, on tithes and offerings and things like that and, and people supplying for them. It was not easy. It was very, very hard. We have to remember that contextually. Because we see those things and we think, what are we doing wrong? Are we being punished? Did I sin somewhere? And truthfully, Joshua called this. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But And we love like reading that, right? Because that's coming up after what we're reading out of in Deuteronomy 31. But yeah, you know, we probably all have it on a plaque somewhere in our house, right? Like, you know, one of those little like things you can get from living spaces or somewhere. And it's like a verse. As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. But have you read everything he reads after that? That's hard. That's a hard pill to swallow. You know, it's not easy. The very nature of it is hard. Because it's only through adversity that we're able to showcase God's loving kindness. Because to answer that question, the reason why these things happen is because God is active in every, every single tragedy or heartache or problem I've ever seen in life. God has been right there through all of it. Through everything I've experienced in life, through abuse, through pain, through hurt, through feeling lonely and abandoned, God was with me every single time. God was there every single time. Every single time that I felt like, you know, like something bad was going to happen to somebody. God had put it on my heart to intercede. Somebody was there. Somebody was there at the right time. Somebody picked up the phone at the right time. Somebody was praying for them, even though they didn't know. That is God. You know, we pray for God to change situations. And he's like, okay, then go. I'm with you. I will go before you. And and the biggest thing to take away from that in Deuteronomy 31 is that, and 
and there's a there's like a throwback and a reference in the first couple of verses, right? Because Moses is like at 120 year old, you know, he's 120 years old. He's obviously 120 is getting up there, but you know, he's he can't he can't go in. And it's not that he can't. You can go in, but you're not going to lead them. It's you shall not even cross the Jordan. You can't cross the Jordan. And this is a throwback to Numbers chapter 20. And this is uh, verses 7 through 12. Uh, and it decrees that Moses would never enter the promised land. And not only that, that he would not bring the congregation into the land and that he would not even cross over into the Jordan. And, you know, there's a you have to know that there's a difference there between you're not going to bring them into the land and you're not going to cross over the Jordan. Um, because by the first statement, he could still go in there. but he made it, God made it more clear that you shouldn't, you will not even cross over the Jordan into this land. And I, everything I've ever read, every biblical scholar, all the friends of mine that have doctorates and theology and Bible, and they read everything is Bible, Bible, and they can tell you every translation and archaeological and the context of that. What is, was it prescriptive or descriptive? Everybody says the same thing. This was Moses being corrected for striking the rock in Meribah. And essentially what happens is, you know, when Israel complained and cried out for water, Moses misrepresented God. And he misrepresented God by lecturing to the nation harshly. Uh, he was upset. He was very angry. Anger was something that he had dealt with earlier on in life. He had killed somebody due to this. Um, but Moses misrepresented God in the, in the way of saying that God needed Moses to provide water for the people. And he was frustrated and mad at them. And so instead of speaking to the rock as he was instructed for it to have water, and the rock and the water is a redemptive image, and it's a mirror of what Jesus would later do. And so that's why this was a really big deal. Because Moses disobeyed God by striking the rock twice, instead of just speaking to the rock as God had told him to. And it seems like at the, at the face value, it's like, well, that's kind of intense. He can't do his life calling. From being a child, he was called to lead uh, the Israelites out of Egypt, right? And, you know, Moses was being judged by this extremely strict standard, and he's not allowed to cross over the Jordan even. And, you know, this really delicate, beautiful picture of, of Jesus dying on the cross being foreshadowed in in you know numbers is about be jesus being struck for us um providing life for all who would drink of him right and then by moses striking twice it's just this unnecessary it's like kind of a showing of the law and the, and the pharisees and the sadducees and all these difference of of trying to strike jesus twice of showing that we are dependent on man when in truth it's not that way we're dependent on jesus and that redemptive work Right. But I don't agree that that's why Moses wasn't allowed to cross the Jordan or to go over. I don't believe that. And here's why I don't believe that. Moses was an unelected king. Moses was who the Israelites relied on. Moses was their, their support system. And constantly, if you look through the history and the context of the Israelites in, in the Hebrew history, they were constantly wanting a man. They were constantly wanting a leader. They constantly wanted something in front of them instead of God. 
because the Israelites have always and will always represent and symbolize one thing, the heart of man, the way a man thinks, the things a man wants, the things we rely on when, when we are faced with incredible adversity, when we're, when we're faced with slavery, when we're faced with hunger, when we're faced with pain, when we're faced with blindly walking through the wilderness, when we're faced with fighting these giants and these nations we've never even seen before. They had never even seen the nations that had occupied the promised land before they got in there. We've always relied on a man. And what Joshua represents is, is serving the Lord, walking into this promised land, serving the Lord. Because Moses told, tells him specifically later on, there's a charge to the children of, of Israel in verses 3 through 6, and then there's a charge to Joshua in 7 through 8. And this is why I believe this, because it immediately says it right after in verses 3 through 6. The Lord your God himself crosses over before you. That is the word itself in the Bible. The Lord your God himself crosses over before you. He will destroy these nations from before you, and you shall dispossess them. Joshua himself crosses over before you, just as the Lord has said. And the Lord will do to them as he did to Sihon and Og, the kings of the Amorites in their land, when he destroyed them. The Lord will give them over to you, that you may do to them according to every commandment which I have commanded you. Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. The Lord your God himself crosses over before you. It's not Moses. It's not Joshua. Moses had led Israel for 40 years. He was the only leader most of these people had ever known. But he couldn't go before them. He couldn't lead them in. Because if Moses was being judged on that harsh standard, what about David? David was, all, was the actual, like, formally elected leader of Israel. And he committed adultery. What about, all the, what about Solomon? What about everybody else? There was other people that you could argue had just as much. Um, I mean, Moses didn't build a first or second temple. You know, I mean, there's a lot of argument there that you can make that there was other leaders who did just as bad. At some point, everybody made a mistake. But Moses was supposedly judged really harshly for something after having a really good track record for over 40 years. I mean, he was 120 when this happened. I mean, this was a long life. And he had a rock. He didn't sleep with anybody else's wife. He didn't do any. I mean, I don't, I don't buy that. Because we're depriving God of showing that it is him that goes before us. We can't rely on, on a politician. We can't rely on a policy. We can't rely on, on health or not being, on there not being the health that we're looking for there. For ourselves, for somebody. We can't depend on these things. We have to walk forward with God. We have to know, be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. We have to choose joy. We have to choose God as we go into these things. We can't wait around and in our heart rely on a savior or a benefactor somebody to come in and change our situation that God has called us to walk through. God has called us to fight. God has called us to hold on. And it's, there's got to be fear. 
There's got to be those things. There's got to be the moments where you just don't know. There's got to be a time where you have to stand up and you have to look and you have to say, there might actually not be help coming. You have to stand up and say, I am it. God has put it inside of me to walk through this and to trust him. Not that we are capable of anything on our own, but that we can walk through something and we can lift up that banner. And we can lift up the name of God through every adversity that we go through. And then we can choose joy. That we can choose peace. Because what happens is we have always been meant to be a bookmark on the love of God wherever we are at historically. Whether it is a pandemic, whether it is racial wars and, and, and unrest and, and division, whether it is financial hardship, whether, whether it is a time where the church is being suppressed. And nobody wants to listen to those things. Everybody wants to just be angry at one another and blame somebody for their problems and, and create division and create heartache. And even at that, even if nobody's doing anything, we have something completely like a pandemic that is out of our control that we cannot change, that we can just wake up every day and Google the numbers and just pray. That we can just have hope for people. That we can just bring a meal to somebody. That we can just call somebody up. You know, I was as unfortunate as it is that has happened. The one positive thing that, that I was hopeful for was that if as churches we're not meeting in person anymore, then now we can finally develop real relationships with one another. That was the one thing I thought when churches started closing down. Obviously, it's hard. It hurts. And so many people are salaried from churches and so many people are, you know, they build up their their entire community is built around their church and Sundays and Wednesday nights and then there's Thursday night meetings. But who are we when we don't have that pageantry? Will you still pursue God if you don't go to a church every Sunday? Because for a lot of people, it was just a social club. It was just a social group. It was just like, oh, okay, this is another competition. This is like work or this is like high school. Who are you when it gets real? Who are we at the, at the bottom of, of money? Who are we at the bottom of security? Because nothing has ever changed me the way adversity has changed me. Nothing has ever strengthened my faith in God or pushed me to my knees quicker than adversity and pain. And this season, we have to remember that. We have to use today and tomorrow as a reminder of the cross. It's, it's, a, it's a beautiful time, right? And for some people, it's hard time. But the most important thing to take from this time is knowing that this season is about the cross. Today and tomorrow is about the birth of the one who would make a way for us to endure it, to endure our crosses, to endure us being struck down, to know that God will bring eternal life, that this is not our home. This place is not our resting place. When you let go of that, that this place doesn't need to be perfect, that this is not the place we're meant to be happy in, it's going to free you up so much because you're going to realize this isn't my eternal home. And it's not just because of what I've seen or experienced in my life that I believe that or know that, but it's because I, I know God's character. I've experienced it and I've only experienced it through pain. I've only, I, you know, times of prayer, times of those intense moments of, man, that was such a great worship or that was such a great, like, oh, that was so awesome. I just felt the spirit moving. Those are fantastic. Those are great. But you know what really power charges your knowledge and intimacy of the character and nature of God 
is adversity, is pain. Those are the moments that show you who God truly is. Those are the lasting moments. Those are the things that we remember. I've had hundreds of great prayer nights and moments of worship and prayer and all these things. And it's great. And we're charged with doing those things. But the moments that I contemplate on when everything's still is the times that God has walked with me through the hardest things that I didn't think I was going to make it through. That I figured, God, I, this has just got to be it, Lord. It, I just, I'm done, Lord. I can't, I don't know how many more bad phone calls I can take. I don't know how much more pain I can experience. Lord, I don't know how many more nights of staying up late because I have anxiety and stress and fear about something happening to somebody I love or to my own life. I don't know how much I can take any more of that. Those are the moments where I felt God come through. Not that a situation was changed, but that I was changed. Everything we go through is to change us. It's to show us who God is. It's to give us something to hold on to when we feel like we have nothing and we're searching around for a political leader and we're defending an ideology that we really don't even understand, but we're just defending it based off of our ego and because of the, like, the, the fact that we just like arguing. You know, that's what I see so much in politics. It's just arguing. It's just people that like to argue. That's all it is. It has nothing to do with an actual ideology that we believe. You know what I believe? You know an ideology that I believe that I would fight for is the fact that God will walk through us. God will walk with us through anything. God will stand by our side. That's an ideology I've lived. Not just something I theoretically argue just because I can. We should be fighting for what really matters. We should be fighting for sacrifice. We should be fighting for joy. We should be fighting for peace. We are the peacemakers. We're the ones that when we're faced with adversity, we're still. We don't move yet. We move when God tells us to move. We're still. And I want to equip you. If you feel that you don't have that today, I want to equip you with that. There's one real simple step that I take when something happens. And there's, there's a process that leads up to the ability to do this. I'm going to talk about them in reverse order. When something bad happens, the very first thing I do is I ask God, no matter what the person tells me, no matter what I read on the news, I don't care who you are. I don't care how much credibility you have. The number one thing I will do after I hear information is I will go to the Lord. And a couple of days ago, we got a, a call that a family member had taken their own life. A very close family member. And through the chaos of the phone call, and there was a couple of people on the phone call and, and screaming and crying, I immediately asked the Lord, Lord, what is going on? What, what, is, what, is, what is happening? And I immediately felt the Lord tell me, he's not dead. He's alive. And I was flooded with peace inside of me flooded with peace and I had I didn't say anything and I had to hold on to the fact that I that I knew I just knew that I knew that this person was okay and by the grace and just amazing power of God I got a text literally five ten minutes later that this family member was okay that he was saved that somebody walked in and actually was able to save him you have to be able to go to God first, despite what the world will tell you, despite what the phone call, the information on the other side of the phone call, despite what you read on the news. You have to remember, 
there's going to be times where that phone call doesn't change. There's going to be ch- times where that information doesn't change. There's going to, and, and I've been in all of them. Okay. There's time where that information that you read is, and, and that text message, you don't get another one five or 10 minutes later. It, what they said, what they said, you have to still go to God though, in both scenarios, you have to still look up to God and you have to still say to yourself, Lord, what are you saying? Lord, what have you, what, are, what is happening through this? What are you doing, Lord? Because when you spend time with God, you learn how to hear from God. And when you learn how to hear from God, you know to go to God in the middle of every situation because you will know to hear him speak on that situation. This is the most important thing I will ever speak in my life. Spending time with God creates a familiarity in the way that he talks. You will learn how he talks to you. He'll use a movie. He'll use a, a story. He'll use something that happened when you were 12 and 18 and 30, and he'll piece it together. And then you'll sit there and you'll ponder on it. And you're reading your Bible and he's using all this imagery in your mind. And you're like, I think God's telling me something. If you do that enough times over the years, over the months, over a lifetime, you will be able to do it quickly in a situation like that where something happens and you're immediately able to go to God and say, Lord, what is going on? And be still and listen to him. And he will immediately speak to you. And you'll immediately be able to hear. This is why it's so important to have communion time with God. See, we're so focused on so many other things. There's so many other things that that we focus on before spending time with God. But our very life depends on our ability to hear from God. Jesus said, I say what the Father says and I do what I see the Father do. That's about communion time and God telling you what to say, what to pray, where to go, what to do. Act. What's the real truth when someone says something or when the world says, says something or when the world's freaking out about something? God, what do you say about this situation? What are we to do? That's what we're called as Christians to do in the face of adversity. That's why we can walk through a situation, whether it's going to change or not, because we already went to the source and we already got our answer. There's so many times where there's a loved one and I'm just like, Lord, what's, what's going on? I'm like, they just got locked up or something, Lord, what's happening? And it's like, no, I'm going to speak to them. I'm going to change their life. Or, Lord, this person's in the hospital. It's like, yeah, um, they're in the hospital because they, this person, they haven't rested. It's the only way I've been able to get a hold of them. And you're just like, okay, you know how to pray. You know what's going on. You know in that situation because you have what God is saying. And the Bible is filled with this. And what you hear will never go against the Bible. It won't, you won't get any new revelation. You won't get anything that's extra biblical. The Holy Spirit is going to use the Bible to reaffirm what is happening in your situation. Like I said, contextually, the world looks a lot different, but the Bible is still true. That is the word. The word was the same yesterday, today, forever. It is always the same. We have that as our basis. Okay? That is the foundation that it's built upon. But we have to remember it's so important that we're spending time with God to build up that familiar familiarity with God so that when you are hit with a situation of adversity, which you will, the only thing I can guarantee you is that you will face something in life that will be hard to walk through. And some of us get less than others. That's just the way life works. Some of us get more. Some of us don't go through that many, but you at one point will have something or you have, will have something that is reoccurring because we all need something that we trust in the Lord for. 
we all need something that we have to turn back to God for. That's why God would allow the Israelites to go into these situations, because otherwise the heart of man is so quick to forget God. That's why I said I love Deuteronomy, because it's such a beautiful poem. It's a beautiful response to God's people saying, don't worry, don't be afraid. I'm going to cross over before you. I'm going to go over before you. I will be with you. Don't be strong. Be of good courage. Don't forget me when it gets easy. Don't forget me when you're not facing adversity. Because the reason why they were given to to the hands of others, and later on in 31, like I said, I was just going to gloss over it real quick. I'm not going to, because there's so many, there's so much stuff uh, to unpack in 14 through 29, um, is that uh, now the day of your death is, I'm just going to read it. Uh, the Lord said to Moses, now the day of your death is near. Call Joshua and present yourselves at the tent of meeting where I'll commission him. So Moses and Joshua came and presented themselves at the tent of meeting. And the Lord appeared at the tent in a pillar of cloud, and the cloud stood over the entrance of the tent. And the Lord said to Moses, you are going to rest with your ancestors, and these people will soon prostitute themselves to the foreign gods of the land they are entering. They will forsake me and break the covenant I made with them. And in that day, I will become angry with them and forsake them. I will hide my face from them, and they will be destroyed. Many disasters and calamities will come on them. And in that day, they will ask, have not these disasters come on us because our God is not with us? And I will certainly hide my face in that day because all of their wickedness and turning to other gods. See, we don't walk the same story due to us being on the other side of the cross. But we have to remember what happens when we aren't on the other side of the cross. And the way that you're not on the other side of the cross is when you live with that heart, when you live with the heart that can easily be given over to other gods, that can easily be given over to whatever you put your hope and fear in. That's why this is so important. We can worship a God that we fear. We can worship a sickness. We can worship unemployment. We can worship dysfunctional relationships. We can worship pain. We can um, create idols out of anything because whatever brings us comfort, whatever brings us security, whatever brings us identity doesn't always need to be warm and fuzzy. How many times do you know those people that are, just say like, oh, that's just my luck. Knowing me, this would happen. It's like they already just maintain a mindset of failure. They already maintain a life set of loss. There's so many people who just take so much pride in being f- familiar with hurt and pain so as to remove any kind of any variables that they couldn't account for because dysfunction is at least familiar. Pain is at least familiar. Fear is at least familiar. And what we're looking for is familiarity. And when you think about familiarity, what is familiar? Something we can reach out and touch, something we can see every day. The Israelites always wanted a man. They always wanted a Moses. They always wanted a Joshua. They always wanted, uh, you know, a Saul. They always wanted somebody. We always want somebody to answer. But I'm going to tell you this right now. Moses isn't the source of eternal life. Saul wasn't the source. David wasn't the source. Trump, Biden, no one's the source. No man here is the source of eternal life. There was only one that was the source of eternal life. And it was Christ. It was Christ crucified. That is the only source. We want something familiar. We want something we know. Money, God, give me a better job. 
we want familiar. We want, you know, we, man, I have family members. I've been praying for their health for 20 years. I want the familiarity. I want something I can hold on to. But it is the Lord, our God, that crosses us before us. And God is spirit. We don't see that. We don't see God moving. We don't see God working when we're asleep at three in the morning or four in the morning. We don't see God working when we're being attacked. We don't see God working when we're being hurt. We don't see God working when we're going to the hospital and you're standing in there with this loved one and the doctor and the doctor is reading something off to you and the room feels like it's shrinking. We don't see God working in that. We don't see God working when that loved one is getting arrested. We don't see God working when we're losing loved ones. We don't see God working in those. How could this possibly be a loving God? How could this possibly be a God? I don't understand this God if that's God. He goes before us. He's with us, within. He's inside of us. The same power, that the same power is in us. The same power is in us. We have to hold on to God through these. It is where it is where we it is where we we showcase God to the world by the way that we go through things. We showcase God's character by our ability to maintain peace and joy in the face of anything. I would walk into the hospital, I would laugh and joke walking in the hospital with people that I would see that worked in there because I'm like, man, I have lost too many people in here. I've said goodbye in way too many hospitals. The person I love the most is three rooms away right now. And I need to walk in there and I need to be a rock because God placed something inside of me that is going to bring light. Whenever I hear people start talking about COVID-19, I start talking about all the positive things. What are we finding? What are we learning? Oh, I read an article where this happened. This, there's a, there's a variant, this and that. I'm like, everything has a variant. That's why we get a different flu shot. Let's do it. Pack it up in the, in the next one. You know, everybody starts talking about, well, this number and, and this happened. And I'm like, hey, you know what, though? All I know is this, we're fighting together. Okay, we fight these fights together. They, the equivalent of what we are experiencing now, the Israelites were walking into, knowingly, that they were going to lose people, that they were, they were going to fight that there was going to be a war. Okay, we are walking into wars, you guys. We are walking into wars right now. We are walking into times where, where there is division on top of this. We're being attacked as a country in the middle of all this stuff happening, being a divided country, being attacked, fighting a war on two fronts. I mean, this, this is the time for us right now to rise up. This is the time for Christians to stand up and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight. This is a time for Christians because how many of us, how many of us have lost someone recently? How many of us, how many of us have, have cried with someone recently? How many of us have been in the hospital recently? How many of us have struggled hard financially recently? You don't need to raise your hand because we're all going through it. We're all there with you. We are in it together. We fight together. Be of good courage. Have faith. Don't lose it. God is going before us. You don't have to let go. You don't have to fight this alone. We fight together. Call people up. Share. 
open up to people, trust, but know that the situation might not get taken away, and that's okay, because God works through us. He's there through each one of us praying. God is in the situation through everybody. I guarantee you, every situation you're going through, there's people that don't know you that are interceding about it. My brother, who I love dearly, has gone through some of the craziest stuff. He is, you know, he, his life has been something that I've prayed about a lot. He doesn't know how many people pray for him. There's people that are listening to me right now that pray for my brother that have never even met him or talked to him. There's somebody praying for you that you don't even know is praying for you. I would constantly, I'll be in the grocery store and God will tell me that couple that's over there, three, three rows down, and I'll look at them and he'll give me a breakdown of what they're struggling with and be like, I want you to be praying and fasting for them for the next couple of weeks. And guess what I'll do? I'll just pray and fast for them for the next couple of weeks. I won't go talk to them. And I won't go say, hey, uh, well, you know, come on over. Uh, yeah, the Lord was uh, kind of gave me a little download. Just wanted to talk with you guys, you know, uh, touch base. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry to hear about what's happening. No. I will never talk to those people or see them again, but praying for them hard, praying for them dedicated. God knows what you're going through. It is not news to God. It is not a shock to God. So therefore, we need to stop speaking to God about our problems as if they're a shock. He's using these things. He's showing who he is through these things because it's the knowledge of him that's more important through anything in that scenario, in that situation. It's his power that is greater than anything we can go through on this planet. He has overcome the world. Fear not. He has overcome the world. The one who is in us. Little children, you are, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. First John 4.4. 4. And that's what I want I you to have. That's what I want you to have your hope in this season. That's what I want you to take away from this, this season. Our hope is in the Lord. Our faith is in God. It's not in our situation. It's not in the change of our situation. Our faith and our hope comes from above. Our hope is the Lord. So I want to thank you guys. I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. Um, no matter where you're at this season, if you don't celebrate the holidays and the seasons and all that stuff, and if you do, if you are with people or you're not with people, I just want to pray over you before we get into, I'm not entirely sure the structure of today's message, if we're doing everything like we normally do, but I'm going to go about it as if we normally do. So I want to pray right now, and then I'm going to open up for a second greeting. And then what I want to do is I want to just open the call for Love, Life, and Victory. If you just have something on your heart, you would like to share um, just anything at all that the Lord's putting on your heart, we'll, we can utilize that time for that. But right now, I just want to pray because we have to stop giving into fear. We have to stop bowing at the throne of fear. And that fear, that throne runs this planet. It absolutely controls this planet. So let's, let's pray together and, and just agree with me. Just agree with me. Father, first and foremost, we, we enter the gates. We enter the courts with praise and thanksgiving, Lord. We lift your name up, God. At the end of the day, you are worthy. You are to be worshipped, Lord. You are to be honored. You get all the glory. Lord, it is all to you, Lord. We lift it all up to you, Father. We give our situations to you. The situations we can't change. 
the situations and scenarios that that no one could understand what we're going through. No one could understand what it feels like the late night, the late nights, our kids, Lord, our, our loved ones, our family, Lord, the, the things that we don't even tell people, Lord, because they we're just tired of updating people about it. Cause it's like, I, I'm just done talking about it. I'm done talking about it. Those things, Lord, we give those to you, God. We welcome you father, because I know that we can only make it through with your joy, with your peace and with you, with your love that you've embedded deep within us, Father. I want to pray for every person on this call, Lord, who has lost a loved one, who has a loved one in, in any form of compromised health right now, health right now, whether it's through because of pandemic-related re- reason, a pre-existing uh, reason, Lord. I just, I just want to lift up those families to you, Lord. I want to lift us up to you. I want to lift our resolve up to you, Lord, that we can continue to fight every day that we need to fight because that's what you made us into, Lord. You didn't let the Israelites just, oh, it's just going to be, it's just, no, you just walk forward. No, they had to fight for their promised land. They had to win battles and wars for their promised land. Lord, and we got to win battles and we got to win fights, Lord. And each one is a testimony to you and what you did to us because it's not what we were before. We weren't fighters. We were quitters before. We would quit anytime anything got hard, just the same way the Israelites did. That was us. That was our story. That's who we are. We made the same decisions. But I thank you that you made us into fighters, Lord, that we don't lay down. We don't quit. We don't just get tired. We don't give up in the 12th round. We continue to fight. We continue to give you honor. We continue to give you glory in the face of the craziest situations, Lord. Some of us on this call right now called in today facing things that you would not even believe right now. Things that were like, wow, man, that's, that's cool, but you don't know what I'm going through. Lord, but I know who you are, though, and I know what you can do, God. And I know that you can give us the strength to face any mountain. You can give us the strength and the perseverance to make it through any death, Lord, that you will be right there with us, that you will fight alongside us, that you will hold us, that you will lift our head up. Lord, and we can't pray anymore. Lord, that you will lift our hands, Lord, when we can't get on our knees anymore. You will get down there with us, Lord. And we've seen it because you hung on a cross for us. You were struck for us, Lord. You are our living water. You are our rock, Lord. And I thank you that we hold on to you in the face of, of, of fear for family's health, in the face of the fear of financial hardship, in the face of the fear of failing marriages, Lord, in the face of the fear of losing a job, of losing a company, Lord, of health. Of, of national security, Lord, and things going on in the world and things that we read in the news, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that we can stand up from worshiping you on our knees, Lord, with full faith and confidence that no matter what it is we need to go through, you will be there with us, Lord, and you will provide us hope. And we will hold on to every word that comes out of your mouth. Man does not live off bread alone, but off every word that comes out of the mouth of the Lord. And I thank you, Father. And I pray over us, Lord, a courage, a good courage, Lord, a faith, a good faith that we can hold on to you in the face of whatever we have to go through because we are the vessels that transmit your love, the knowledge of your character, and your goodness to the world around us. If we want to see things change, it starts with us. If we want to see the world around us transform, it starts with us. We're the ones that dismantle the... The structures of evil in this world, the structures of pain in this world, we are your hands. 
We are your eyes. We are your mouth. We are your feet. And I thank you, Father, that each one of us serves a specific purpose to that. And I pray that you would illuminate that to each one of us and show us, Lord, how can we be strong for you where we're at? Are we a hand? Are we a foot? Are we a mouth? What What is my calling? What is my purpose? I pray that you reveal that to each one of us who don't have that, Lord. And I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, in your mighty name, I praise you, Lord, that you would choose us a time like this to showcase your love, that would it would be our gift back to you for eternity, that we could always be looked at and seen, I was alive during this time, and I gave honor and worship to the Lord during this time in this age of the earth, and I gave him glory. And I lifted his name on high when I had nothing, when it was just pain, when it was just, it was just heartache and it was loss that I lifted up his name, that I gave God honor and glory and he gave me strength. He gave me hope and he gave me courage. In Jesus name. Amen. So I want to take this time to just, you know, close out with this. I just want to say, cl- closing out the message, that is, we have a hope, you guys. We have something to look to. You know, it, it might not be what the world looks to. And, and the world realistically looks at a lot of things, a lot of different things for, for status and security and all that. But we're not the world, you know, and that's okay. And I'm here to tell you it is okay. And it's going to be okay. And we are going to be okay. And this is not our home, and that's all right. That's okay. We're not up here. We're not of this place. We're not of this earth and not of this world. We're new creatures. Because if we weren't new creatures, we wouldn't be, you know, Second Corinthians talks a lot about this. I love this about the, the new creature because Jesus had death to his earthly body and birth to his spiritual body. We then have death to our, our physical body, and we have life to our, to our spirit, right? And, and that's the eternal life that we have as a promise and as a hope. Right. And so because of that, we have to go through the death of the body. We have to experience the loss of the things that comfort the body. Well, what, what comforts the body? It's the peace of mind. It's the security. It's the, the money. It's the, all the things that everybody fights for, that everybody tries to have. But that's not our peace. Our peace comes from God. Our hope, our assurance, and our promise comes from God because none of those other things can provide what God has done for us. So, yes, I know that I know that today's message might not have been the traditional, you know, Christmassy holiday, you know, bright message. But the truth of it is, is I, I don't care to do that. I don't care to come and, and tickle your ears with a, oh, hey, oh, man, made me feel good. And that was just such a great message. I want us to be prepared because I would it would be remiss of me if I came to speak. And spoke and use this time, your valuable time of everybody listening. Your val- your time is so valuable. It's one of the, it is the greatest commodity we have. And and for me to use that to tell you something sounding good in the outside but hollow within, I w- it would be remiss. You know. So I know that I I needed to come here and speak on what was on my heart, and what is on my heart is what I've been going through, and what I've been going through is holding on to God and sadness is holding God into hurt and loss and just crazy things because that's what life is sometimes. And it's not always going to be that. We're not going to always be in those kinds of seasons, but when we are, we need to walk through it with hope. We need to walk through it with faith in God. 
And that's the real reason for the season. It's not about a gift or a present or money or things like that. Those are all great things. And giving is something, like I said, that we're charged with. These are things that are expected of us. Yes. Yeah. And to serve and to provide. But what we can't forget is that we're not meant to just be Christians when it's fun. We've got to be a Christian when it's hard. We've got to be a Christian either when you're passing out fish and loaves by the water. And you've got to be a Christian when you're walking up, up that path to the place of the skull, being spit on, carrying that cross, having a crown of thorns on, being whipped, being hit. You know, you've got to carry a cross, too, every day. It's a part of the process. So, um, yeah, I just want to, um, um, I just want to, uh, you know, kind of move on now. Um, I wanted to take this time to do a second greeting. So if you didn't get a chance to say Merry Christmas, throw out the good mornings, uh, please take this time to just say hello, say what's up, good morning, Merry Christmas, anything like that. I want to say on behalf of Declare Victory, Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy holidays. And, um, yeah, we would love to hear a good morning from you if you didn't get a chance to earlier. Good morning, Saints. This is Sister Veronica. Happy holidays. Good morning. Good morning. This is Chantel. Have a happy holiday to all of y'all. And thank you for getting me through this year. I really appreciate it. Amen. Amen. Good morning, Chantel. Good morning. This is Denise. Good morning. Merry Christmas to you all. Morning, Denise. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Moses. This is Mona Moxie. Mona. Good morning. I love you guys. Good morning. Good morning, Pastor Moses. This is Sister Priscilla. Merry Christmas to everybody. It's been a wonderful time spending um, my mornings with. Claire Victory family, and I look forward to get to knowing everybody and seeing everybody. But thank you so much for this word. Very, very good. Very needed. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning, family. Um, Merry Christmas. Thank you, Pastor Moses, for this word. You have inspired me to warfare. I'm up researching and looking up scriptures, and thank you so much. And Merry Christmas, I declare victory family. Love you all so much. Wow, that's that's inspiring back. That's amazing. <laughs> good morning. Hey, good good morning. morning and Merry Christmas. It's Krishanda. Good morning, Krishanda. Good morning, Moses. It's NTDD. Merry Christmas. Thank you for that. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. A little bit quiet. A little oh, bit quiet. It, I'm, but, uh, you know what? I'm sorry, but that Deuteronomy, thank you. I know you said just to say hello, but with so much going on, because I'm that one, lost my bonus pops yesterday. My godmother got rushed to the emergency as we speak. My 12-week-old grandbaby stayed in the emergency last night, so I needed to be reminded. Oh. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I never knew why I cry every time I hear Defender, the song. You know it. So those mm. lyrics touch into that word when you say he goes before we even know 
My God, Moses, thank you because you sent a word. This is why Declare Victory is so amazing because we are all fighting. Thank you for just telling us how to go about it, right? That's why we're waking up in the middle of the night. That's why the intercessory hearts are the way that they are because he's already gone before we even know. So he's coming back. I have a victory. I'm not even worried about anything. Yes, my heart is heavy, but I know he got Man. I just love you, Nep. I promise you, this was so on time. The hurt that I was feeling is joy because I understand now, right? I understand. Mm-hmm. So he comes back and he'll call it my victory, even the pain. When you said you walk into the hospital laughing, I get that because I understand. So th- thank you. That's all I got to tell you. Happy holidays. Love, 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 love covers all. So I love you to life. Amen. Wow. Amen. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Totally agree. Wow. Wow. I could feel it, too. Um, With that, I mean, that's, man, what better transition than that? I want to open this time to love, life, and victory. Hold on. I want to say hi. I want to say hi. It's Moni. Oh, hey, Moni. (laughs) Good morning. Good morning. Did you just get off work? I just got off work. But guess what? Guess what? God made it possible for me to hear your whole message without interruption. And I was able to hear your message. And people were coming and going. And it's like God put a barrier around me so I could listen to this on-time message. And I I completely agree with Didi. This message was piercing. Like, you pierced my heart kind of like a... Like, I felt like it was a, 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 I don't know if anybody else felt it, but there was, there was a couple of times during your message where my heart just got pierced. Like, mm-hmm. I had never felt that before. And I was like, whoa, God, you are here. And it's just, this is so on time because really we, we, we don't need to fear because he, is going before us and we win even if it looks like we're losing even if we lose we win we win yeah. and your yeah. your message was so inspiring today there was i i took notes but i'm driving and i can't even read them because <laughs> I, I wanted to you know i i wanted to comment on so much stuff but just the, the mere fact the mere fact that he goes before us and if we hear, if we don't hear another word today, if we don't hear another word this week, just knowing what you reinforced today that he goes before us, that we should be able to handle anything. We should be able to handle the coronavirus, anything, because he goes yeah. before us and he chose us individually. Each one of us, he chose us by name and said, I want you, I want you. I want you kind of like Oprah where she says, you get a car and you get a car and you get a car. He said, <laughs> I want you and I want you and I want you. And just knowing that should get us through anything, should get us through those late night calls that are burdening us, that are just burdening us, that are weighing us down, just knowing that he goes before us and he wouldn't give us nothing that, it, that we cannot handle. He gives yeah. it to us because he trusts us. He trusts us to handle the most difficult things. And I know for me, myself, when I get something and I just want to die, I just say, just 
tell nobody, but I do say that. But just mm-hmm. what you reminded me of today, and we talk every day, but just what you reminded me and everyone else of today, that he goes before us, that means he tried. In other words, I'm going to translate that for you. He trusts us. And yeah. just knowing that he trusts me to deal with, with that crap, because that's really what it is, this crap. And when we get mm-hmm. something that's burdensome to us, it's crap. You know, mm-hmm. I don't mean to cuss if, uh, if I'm offending people by using that word, but, you know, you, you get yeah. what I'm saying. But but I just want to yeah. thank you for your word today. You pierced my heart today. Um, it wasn't all jolly and happy and, you know, like what I thought it was going to be. But it was painful, but it was a good pain. It felt good to hear this today. And I'm rejuvenated, and I feel good, and I just thank you, and I love you. And God bless you, and Merry Christmas, everyone. Yeah, thank you so much. That's a, you know, that's a funny backstory, uh, you know, because I, I went in, into this, you know, when you sent me the flyer originally and, you know, like everybody and had, had it, everything had been organized, set in stone. We were going to share that message of what are you going to talk about today and what all this. I'm thinking to myself, like, this message isn't, is not going to be a Christmas message because I felt it on my heart for a while. And for those of you who don't know, I, I do have a podcast and I'm releasing an episode this week on this same subject. And that podcast is the Heart Soul Mind Collective. You can get it on Spotify. It's on Apple Podcasts. Um, it's the Heart Soul Mind Collective. And um, if you want to check that out, I got some good stuff, content up there already. But, um, you know, that that was a hard thing to, to grasp and even my wife was sent telling me, uh, you know, like, Hey, you know, if it's on hope, you can't, you can't get too dark with the subject matter. Like, you know, and I'm just thinking to myself all night and I'm like, man, yeah, kind of, kind of do though. We kind of got to get there. <laughs> so I'm like, so, um, yeah, thank you for, for pointing out. I'm happy to, to hear that. Thank you, Moni. I really appreciate that a lot. Um, does anybody else have anything they'd like to share anything on their heart right now? Hey, good morning. Can you hear me? Well, this was Kedra. Um, whoever else was talking, they could go ahead. I can wait. Good morning, brother. Uh, Moses, what an awesome declaration on this morning. Man, fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. Mm-hmm. I will strengthen thee, yea. I will help thee, yea. That was so powerful that it was, it, it just blew me out the bed, you know, because you get all these midnight calls, the late night calls of uh, people that have lost loved ones. A friend of mine called me this morning at about three o'clock and she said, oh, I know you're, you're asleep, but I just wanted to let you know the person that she lives with, her her roommate's husband passed away. And so we are constantly going in into warfare for others during this pandemic. And then also um, the week before that, she called me again in the midnight hour to let me know that her sister's husband passed in the hospital with COVID. And both, I'm not sure if both are the same, but two husbands, and I was like, God, 
how I, I I don't understand it. And then the sister was there coming from another state because she had lost their brother. So it's like two brothers in one one day and then a, a husband on one side and then a husband on the other. I thought about that as you were speaking, that I'm so grateful. I'm grateful today. I have no uh, sad stories because I believe that God is with us. Yes. Emmanuel is with us. He's God with us. And I just want you to know that your your uh, messages are always thought-provoking. Always. So this pierced right through the soul. It is that we are pushing while God is pulling. And I am so grateful today to each and every declarer that is on the line, to all those that are involved with Declare Victory. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. From the, this is a, just a part of our heart that you you know we have. I mean, I'm I'm like you. These messages are so. There's something you almost have to exhale and inhale on them sometimes. Yeah. And thank you for allowing us to breathe again, brother. You just gave us that CPR that we needed at the last stretch of this thing. It has been a tumultuous year for all of us. Yeah. No, and wow. no joke. We're not we're not lying. We're, this is the God ball face truth. I'm like Moni. She didn't want to say the word, but it's just one of those years. She didn't want to, you know, because we do have integrity. And I'm so awesome. I'm just glad I'm a part of your family. And I feel you all when your heart is heavy. I feel it very much. So God bless you. And we are the essential workers. Prayer warriors mm-hmm. are the essential workers. I believe that yes. I'm going to get t-shirts made. Prayer warriors are essential workers. I'm going to three eggs. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I got you. I know I'm serious on this one. We need to, yeah, get, you can... we need to get our T-shirts. <laughs> Prayer warriors are essential. So God bless you, brother. Thank you for, because I didn't know. I was like, God, what? I mean, I, these blows that just keep coming and just keep coming. What do you oh. want us to do, Jesus? I'm like, I'm on my I'm on my face. I'm, yes, the word, as the sister said, she was just, it caused her to go into straight study. I have been in down so much that I really feel like I'm becoming a part of the carpet. <laughs> because you can you, you, you just get down in there, you start eating carpet because now we are in a real serious push here. We yeah. have shifted, like you said, if you let's, let's go back through all of the messages that we have you know, uh, the, the, that we have spoken from, you know, January all the way throughout this year. They've been from, they all connected. And I keep saying mm-hmm. that, but definitely you did it. You did this when you knocked it out the ballpark today, brother. God bless you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. And, and, and honestly, like, there's so much joy that protrudes out from just you sharing that because it's the truth, you know, like, we whether we can whether you're going through something or not going through something you that's that's part of our the glory of it is that we can um we can just give god our intercession our time for others that we know that are going through it and even though you know i and i am going to pray for the family members lost um this year and and just lost this year um and for for your uh your your friends and family and who you were sharing with uh the two husbands 
that passed and, and, and everybody else who has lost somebody during this time. But, but to use this as more motivation and fuel for us to go harder, for us to fight harder, for us to intercede harder, for us to pray harder, man, I can't agree. I can't agree more. You know, that is just, that's what we, we have to do in this time. We have to fight to procure that promise. We have to fight for that, you know? So thank you so much for sharing. And I think Kedra, you, well, you know, uh, that- were waiting. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Just real quick, real, real quick, just with just a little pin of it. This is what he was saying. Uh, the song, you know, because I love singing. He said mm-hmm. he is. He not. He's not heavy. He's your brother. He's your sister. Wow. So wow. that's all that. That he. He's not heavy. He's your brother. Yeah. He's your sister. Just remember wow. that. As we're getting these messages, they're not coming to break us. They're coming to make us, baby. Ooh, Get in there. Yeah. <laughs> they come to make us get in there. Amen. <laughs> I, love I love you. Amen. I love y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen. Kendra. Yeah, something? I'm still here. Yes, yes. I want to say, um, good morning. Thank you for the declaration. And I'm going to send all my salutations and greetings after I say this, because if I don't say it now, I'm going to forget. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but when you said God has called us, and I put me, called me to walk and go through situations. Um, not only did he call us and, and for us to walk and go in those situations without fear, but we got to praise him too, because he teaches us in Psalms 148, um, let them praise the name of the Lord for he commanded and they were created. So even though he sent, you know, when we said yes to our will and our way <clears throat> of being in submission to God's life, uh, that yes included you know the things that we have to walk through right because you just got to be totally sold out and matter to serve him and like he's you know follow his commandments but um you know for he commanded and they were created that's that's just that's just dope right there so praise is important part of us walking through and being unafraid also um thank you so much again for the declaration thank you for everybody who spoke it did deposit into my whole spirit i am encouraged today and i thank god for the declare victory family well merry christmas and happy new year amen amen merry christmas definitely thank you um yeah Hey, hello. My name is Eva. I love the tear, the tear, the tear, the tear, I think she just called y'all pastors. Mm-hmm. But she loved uh, the declarers. She called y'all pastors. Um, y'all help her so much. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I'll be finished. Go ahead. Yeah. And I I got out more my 
so you said you gotta do what by yourself? What did you say? I got it. You got every oh inside? Yeah. You point inside. Yeah. By yourself. Okay. And she said Merry Christmas, everyone. Thank you. Merry Merry Christmas, Yvonne and Ramona. Thank you guys very much. And all um, I gotta say is Moses, Moses, Moses. <laughs>
So I just say to the um, Declare Victory family, um, happy holidays. And if we continue in um, looking to the hills from which our help comes from, we will not faint. And I just thank him. I will not faint. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God, for picking me. I have the victory today. You guys be blessed throughout the holidays and be safe. Amen. Yeah, I love that verse. That That is the, one of the verses that powered this message today is a lot that are a lot of verses powering uh, some of these messages behind the scenes that I de- I never get to in time. I feel like the whole time slot that I get is uh, it goes by too quick <laughs> every time I look down and I'm like, oh, I need to wrap it up. I'm going over and I get a text message. <laughs> but, um, you know, I love that verse. I wish I could have shared that today. But um yeah, thank you. Thank you, really. I, I appreciate it. Good that. morning, Moses. Awesome, awesome. This is Tanya. Wonderful declaration. It just, I love this uh, call in the morning because it really in, empowers, encourages, and edifies us to just make it through another day, another week. Your um, word, I just, just hear you, um, everything you kept saying was go, but he goes before us. And I just, heard he going before us making crooked places straight and rough places plain and i just thank you because um you instilled in us that he's with us and he's going before us so whatever we're going through right now are all the changes so many different from every avenue of our lives you just encouraged us that he's with us and we just thank you because this was an awesome work this morning love you guys merry christmas everyone and i thank god for this call thank god for all the declares you guys are great and have a great new year everyone amen amen merry christmas happy new year merry christmas his beloved barb god bless everyone merry christmas to everyone moses thank you so much for bringing that that word that we all needed encouraging our hearts I really felt that sister saying about, you know, not fainting. Oh, my God. We've had so many yeah. times we want to faint. I know I felt that deep. But just thank you for the refreshing that we all needed. God bless you. Amen. Yeah, totally agreed. Totally agreed. I, I needed to hear that, too. And, and I think in a lot of ways, man, I, I think I just really needed to hear this message today, you know, because I've been hurting, been struggling, you know, so it's like, yeah, I feel it too, you know. I'm right there. I'm right there. Thank you for sharing that. Good morning, Moses. Good morning, family. Merry Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas. This is Prosperous Pam. I just wanted to just um, slide in there, as Sister Geraldine would say, and um, just add to that I really appreciated your declaration today. And you know what was really, I really like when you talk, Moses, is you, because um, it reminds me that I could do that more, is pray for people and not let them know. Um, when you were talking about being in a grocery store or somewhere, and you might see a couple in a few aisles down, and God will tell you to pray for that person. Um, pray for them. And you don't have to go up to them and say, oh, the Lord gave me this 
you know, to tell you and, Hey, let me tell you about it. But just basically praying for other people. You've talked about it on other calls where you're like, if someone honked at you on the horn driving, you know, I hear what you say because it's like funny, but it's real. Like if someone's yeah. mad at you on the freeway or something that not only, you know, don't do that, but Hey, God wants me to pray for this person right now. So I just love when you speak because I just have these little gems that I take away and want to incorporate that in my walk with God. So um, just thank you so much. And Merry Christmas, everyone. I love Declare Victory, this family. Have a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. And um, this is Prosperous Pam signing out. Thank you, Pam. Thank you for that. Uh, just so warm and loving and just, you know, it's always so encouraging to hear your feedback and, you know, I, I, I just totally agree with that because, you know, if you're in a profession where you're a counselor and, you know, the folks on the call that do, you know, work in a capacity like that or you're a counselor or, or something of that nature, you know, you don't get mad when somebody comes to you in your profession and your job and tells you something based out of the parameters of how you work. You know what I mean? Like if they're like come to you and they're like, well, you know, I had this bad day and I have this family situation, you help them. You know, and I think that the thing is we have to forget is that we are that spiritually to the world around us. And we just don't have like a formal office or scheduling system where somebody can come and get our attention and get our prayer. So, you know, God will allow anything to get our attention. And sometimes in the chaos and busyness of our schedules and lives, what's the best way to get our attention? Well, sometimes if somebody has an attitude, you know, sometimes if somebody uh, cuts us off, sometimes if somebody just stood out to us at the store, um, that's how God books them for our prayer time is he'll bring them to us. So we can't get preoccupied with how they got brought up into our mind. We just got to remember that if you are listening to me right now and you are a believer, your words are powerful. Your prayer is powerful. It is, it is a, an extremely valuable gift. It is an extremely valuable tool to the Lord. So he will use anything, even if it's something that upsets you, to get the attention to be praying for somebody because that is more important than your temporary irritability towards them because they're driving 65 in the fast lane. So uh, that is something to remember and hold on to. But, um, yeah, thank you, guys. Thank you, Hey, guys. can you hear me? Yes. Thank you. So, oh, my God. Pam, sister, prosperous, you just lit it up again. You about to start a whole other shout over here because of that intercessor intercession that we do and how God uses us all differently. And so for me, I am so grateful for you. You have been such a healer um, bomb that God has used for me to get over me, right? And so I'm not so caught up in sounding deep because I think sometimes if we get out of how we sound or how we appear, how we're trying to present ourselves in this fate, this fight of faith, because you talked about it, it's a fight. It's a fight of faith, mm -hmm. but you got to believe it. And so you're not concerned about trying to just sound spiritual because that's what I hear sometimes. Who are you? you? No, no, no. God knows the heart. And it's a real war. We're at war constantly. It's warfare. It's not flesh and blood. So as far as me trying to, and this is just me personally, I, I, I hear differently now. I hope that makes sense. I hear differently. So sometimes if, I, if it's a little off for me, I'm going in a different way. I'm going into battle like never before because words are powerful. So I'm believing what I, what I believe he said in his word because his promises are yea and amen in every situation. So I thank you for just, this, this is powerful. Like 
like like your like your wife was telling you, no, it ain't holy, holy, holy night. No, it's it's what we need because we're in a fight. We're in a fight for our lives. These late night, early morning phone calls are they about to make my nerves bad. But because of what you said this morning, it's like, all right, what's up? And then like Sister Jerry Ding, Geraldine said, why everything got to happen late in the midnight hour? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we want to sleep, but that's when the late night phone calls come, and usually it ain't nothing good. So we got to be yeah. prepared to fight and know that he already goes before. Defender, that's what I titled your message today, because it ties into what you said. Deuteronomy now, I, you know, I stay in the book of Psalms, but I'm about to get back into Deuteronomy because it makes more, it's so clear now because of my nephew um, popping his collar and bringing it forth on Christmas Eve 2020. <laughs> I love you so much. Merry Christmas. Yeah, man, that's so like, <laughs> yeah. Hey, but those calls, though, you know, we, I, I think this has probably been the year we've probably got the most of those midnight calls, you know, and that's a real, that's a real thing, you know what I mean? So it's like, I, we, we got each other though. Like this is, this is the thing we walk through it together. You guys, like we're not, we're not alone. And, it, and, and there's some kind of, cause I know that when I go through something crazy, I want to hop on the phone with somebody who's done it. Like, how did you get through it? How did you? And I think that's why it's so big that I take from, from the Bible saying that, you know, like, you know, Jesus, like, I fear not, I've overcome the world. Like, I've already, anything you could go through in there, I've already overcome it. Like, you don't need to worry. Because we always want to jump on the phone with somebody who's gone through it or somebody who can understand, who could just hear us and talk to us and help us. Like, you know, in mentoring young men, um, and I mentor a lot of young men all over the spectrum, by the way, like everywhere you can imagine, um, the number one thing that happens when they have a problem is they ju- immediately jump on the phone with me and immediately want to talk about what happened. They immediately, they, I have fear, tears, crying is very common. Um, you hear a lot of things of like, you know, like, I don't know what to do, like freaking out, panicking. And from my perspective, I'm just like, bro, you're going to be, you're going to make it through this. This is not, I mean, I know where you're at right now in your situation. It is crazy. But as somebody, I've been there, done that 10, 15 times, like, you will make it. God is with you. He is doing something through it. And we kind of need that wake-up call sometimes. We kind of need to know that God is active. God is doing something. He is growing our heart. He is growing our faith. He is growing our resolve and our sustainability. And that we're not going to just be little, like, fun Christians, like party Christians on the weekend. What's up? Like, oh, it's all good. I'm a Christian. But then when it's hard, you're like, man, I don't believe in God. Like, I'm done with the church. Like, you know, like right the first hard thing that happens, you know, like your mail gets lost and you're like, man, why is my life so hard? You know, like where's real problems out there? There's real phone calls. You know, I'm happy you touched on that. You talk about that because it's like we get and everybody kind of touched on that, really. But I mean, it's like we get those hard phone calls. We get those those tough family situations, situations of safety, of health, of all these different things. These are real these are real, actual, this is real life. This is, this is not a joke. These are serious situations that we're all facing, but we also have a serious God that we face it with. So, you know, that's powerful. That's very, very powerful. Thank you for, for bringing that back up. And Deuteronomy, you guys, I'm telling you, my favorite book of the Bible, read it, check it out. It's often skipped. It's often skipped. It's not, it's not one of the popular ones, but it's good stuff. It's real good stuff. <laughs> um, does anybody else have anything else? Uh, they want to share, God putting something on your heart, anything. Good morning, Moses. What was your scripture? Sorry for the, the Deuteronomy. I thought you were in yeah. Joshua. Um, no, so it's actually, the, it was right before it. 
Um, so we're in Deuteronomy 31, and we're in the first nine verses. Well, pretty much all of chapter 31, really. And I touched on some stuff from chapter uh, 8, and um, but I kind of just paraphrased chapter 8 and um, paraphrased the second half of chapter 31. But that is Deuteronomy 31, and then that was Numbers chapter 20, verses 7 through 12, I want to say. I'm not in front of my notes. Usually during Love, Life, and Victory, I walk away from my computer. But, like, um, yeah, that was Numbers 20. Thank you. Yeah, and then Deuteronomy 31 and Deuteronomy 8, the whole chapters for both of those Amen. two. Amen. Thank you. Um, thank you. Thank you for I, – I, I had to I had to kind of do some mental uh, exercise there to jump back. It was too early for me to think back to so much without notes. But, um, yeah, anything. I mean, if the Lord's putting something on your heart right now, maybe it kind of makes you think of something or anything at all. We're kind of going over today anyway, so I don't care. I'm going to close out in a prayer if nobody has anything. But, yeah, if there's something you want to share, feel free. All right, cool. Well, I, oh, sorry. Hey, I just wanted to thank my family for just your prayers because um, nobody – likes to get the news that their loved one has transitioned. But on this side, I am rejoicing. Uh, I shared it. My bestie in 2018, my dad, 2019, and then my bonus pop, um, who was tired. And so when you get to see somebody go through that transition and you know that their body is just tired, so you're not like it it, it hurts because I no longer get to hear him be sarcastic and say smart things, but I really got a leap in my spirit um, yesterday. Deanna called me, so she's like, you sound good, because I had a burst. You know how you get those bursts? And, Moses, you are so, like, everything that you've gone through, and I love I love my Moni because people have checked. I mean, it's not about me because it's my mom's um, husband, but it's my my other dad. So just the, the hurt from that, and I'm going to be real transparent. You said something about going through and calling people so y'all know my little river, my grandbaby, my little 12 week old with all the coughing and viruses so she had she's had her first little attack and so for her mom it's new so you just gave me another way to help this new young mother not stress and not worry and really go into prayer because i just told her just pray pray over her and trust god for her so that her little lungs her lungs are fine she just has a cold but you know with with the word covid everybody's gets freaked out but just to be able to 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 reassure her and like you said when you mentor the young men because they want they want somebody that's gone through it right so she's like mom what did you do and so i don't care what time it is call me because i can (laughs) sit up with you i can facetime with you i can you know just give you some some experiences that i got through so i'm great it it just ties in to all to to love life and victory it's it's so perfect and so i just really from my heart because y'all have been with me through some hurt right Right? And so I'm just grateful that I have a family that I know that, that authentically loves me and knows that we go through this together. So I just want to say I really mean Merry Christmas, and no matter what you're doing, just be just just do it and enjoy the now, right? Don't worry mm-hmm. about what you don't have and if you don't, if whatever. Just put you on some good, feel-good music. It don't have to be uh, Jesus, Jesus, I'm just saying, because Philip Watson had <laughs> – the Santa Claus gigging yesterday on Facebook. And so just whatever you need to do to feel good because we are in a fight. 
So Moses, again, yeah. love on your family and just 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 be love. I thank you again. Oh, amen, a hundred percent. Because Moni, if she's still on the line, knows I will call her at ten o'clock and I'll be like, "Mom, Bella is she's is she teething? How do I know what it is? She's got you know she had a runny nose. What's going on?" And my mom is just like, to, I, it kind of worries me. Because my mom is like an OG mom. She's had kids and grandkids and all that. So if they're like, to me, in my mind, I'm like, man, if she falls and gets hurt or something, I call my mom. My mom is going to be like, oh, she's all right. You know, just like Vicks or whatever. Or like, you know, just Latina mom, typical stuff. Like just, Dimitar. you know, little, <laughs> little sana sana colita de rana on, on them real quick. And they'll kiss them and let them go play. They'll walk it off or whatever. And then I'm just thinking to myself, maybe I shouldn't call my mom. Should I Google it? Like, but no, you know, it's a grandma thing. You know, you always got to answer that phone call. Always got to be ready. But yeah, I can definitely testify from the other side of that, that I'll call my mom for anything, you know, like she hiccups three times in a row. I'm like, mom, what's going on, mom? Like, you know, but, um, (laughs) you know, it's that piece that somebody with wisdom that's gone through stuff brings you, you know what I mean? And I think that we're meant to bring that to everybody because it's like, um, we don't see how much peace we bring to people who um, haven't gone through what we went through. And then when we tell them who God is in the middle of it and that we survived it only because of God, it's going to get them through it. And it's going to ha- help them to bring glory to God. And every, the one thing I've seen is every young man God has brought to me to mentor is me at a different age in my life and is me at a different problem in my life. And I'm able to teach them what I know and prevent them from what would have taken them 10 years only takes them two months because it's like, I'll sit down and walk through it with them and I'll, I'll be on the phone with them when they're crying, when they're hurt, when they're broken, you know, and, and they're recounting things from their past and abuse and pain and sexual abuse, all these things, whatever. And it's like, but I can help because like God is loving them through us. God is loving people who are going through loss in this season through those of us who have lost somebody in a tragic way. And we can be there for them and show them, Hey, you know what though? They are infinitely, infinitely happier at peace, at perfect health by God's side, praying for us now. They're up in heaven, interceding for us down here now. Don't they, if anybody should be sad for somebody, it should be those of us who are still down here. You know what I mean? Because they are at peace with an a infinite loving God. They are by his side, interceding for us now. And it's like we have to like help other people through those things because we needed at one point when we lost and we felt that that pain of death, that pain of losing somebody you love where you just feel like you're falling forever and you feel like you're mad, you're angry, you're like you're trying to you're trying to pretend that it's not real, you're trying to justify like we can help somebody who's going through that for the first time. We can help somebody who's going through that and they don't think that they're going to be able to wake up tomorrow, that they're going to be able to get up, that they're going to be able to go through. We can lift each other up and that's what we do we hold on to what God carried us through and we carry others and we help them and we teach them and we show them that it is going to be okay. And that's why, like, I know that my mom, and I know with a lot of other meters, I know a lot of you guys know Sarah and Dwayne, Sarah and Dwayne live down, they live like 10 minutes away from us. And like, we have a Monday night, like small group marriage with them and Femi and Micah too, who also speak on Declare Victory. Um, and, and then another couple, uh, friend, friend couple of ours, we have like a Monday night marriage group and we talk about it and like, they will tell us their kids stories of their kids doing crazy things like swallowing things or, you know, like cleaning agents or like magnets and things like crazy things. And I'm over here thinking to myself, looking at Nicole, like, babe, 
we haven't gone through anything crazy with Bella because like, if this is their stuff that they joke about right now, I'm like, dang, this is crazy. You know what I mean? But like, because they're, they have peace about it and joke about it and can talk about it. Like, and when we've gone through stuff, you know, we're like a little bit more like, oh, okay, we're going to be okay. We're going to get through this because like, that's how we do it. Like we use each other as pillars. That's why Jesus was the cornerstone that it's built on. But like, we are every building block too, because there's a piece that gets built on top of us when we're built on top of Jesus, you know? So it's like, that's a huge thing to hold on to, no matter what you're going through right now, that your pain, somebody else is going to go through it too, that you know in life, and you're going to, they're going to be able to build up their faith through your stability and through you holding on to God through it. So you've got to hold on and remember, it won't always feel like this. It won't always be this way. Joy comes in the morning, even though there's pain in the night, we soar past dawn. We soar past dawn and there's joy in the morning, you guys. So we got to hold on to that. So if anybody, if nobody else has anything um, they want to share, I'm going to close this out in prayer and we are going to pray this thing down. We, we got, we're there. I believe that 10 people, 10 believers that believe in what they pray can change the world. I genuinely believe that. I believe five could. I believe three could if you really cared, but it's like, honestly, we need to pray this thing in. We need to pray love in. We need to pray faith in. And I'm going to do that right now. So if you want to just make sure your phones are on mute um, and just agree with me, um, we're going to go in right now and we're going to lift up all these situations. Pray there. There's a lot. There's health and safety. There's gang violence. There is, there is health, there is cancer, there is uh, loss of jobs, there is financial hardship, there is struggles, there is loss. There is so many things that are being experienced by members of our community. All right, so when I say Can I add something, faith, Yes, go ahead. Can I add something? Can you pray for our children here on the call? Yes. Some of us yes. have young adults. Some of us have yes. um, younger younger adults. Um, if we could just lift up our children today. 100%. Yes, 100%. I'm going to lift it all, all up, everybody, right now. So um, that's what I want to say. If you guys could just stand in agreement with me wherever you're at, if you're able to. Um, I don't know if you so, – some of you might be on your way to work or maybe getting off work. I know a couple are. And um, if you are able to be private or alone – or maybe go in your prayer closet or somewhere where you can you can go in and worship right now. We got to go in. We got to fight because the one weapon that we can stand on is God's word. And the way we, we assure in God's word is we pray it down. We got to pray it down. And you got to remember, it is going to be opposed. Coming from the throne of heaven, from God himself, it will be fought. And the Bible says that a prince of Persia opposed for 21 days Daniel's prayers, but God heard it the second he prayed it the moment he prayed it. And I tell you guys this, there are prayers that get God's attention. There are prayers that when we pound our spiritual fists so hard on this planet, declaring his name, those sounds make their way up to his ear in heaven. And he hears those prayers. We need to pray a prayer today where we get God's attention. We need to pray a prayer today because of the state of our world, the state of our country, the state of our politics, the state of our culture, the state of our families and our children and, and health and safety and all these things that I'm talking about, we're, we need to pray. We need to pray a prayer that, that is so loud that heaven needs to ask, where is that noise coming from? Where is that volume coming from? And that is going to take all of us standing in full faith right now. So if you would, please join me in faith 
and go in, even if you got to pray in your, your prayer language, um, go in with me right now. Father, first and foremost, Lord, I want to thank you for every adversity, Lord. I want to praise you, God, for every tough thing that we've had to go through this year, for every loss, Father, for every funeral, for every thing that we had to give up, Lord, every price that we had to pay because we had to pay a price to earn our stripes, Lord. We had to pay a price to worship you, to give, Lord, back to you, Father, to show our sacrifice, to show our eternal worship, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, I break down the spirit of death that's happening, Lord. I break down the spirit of addiction. Lord, I fight, Lord. I fight in Jesus' name because I can't fight in a hospital right now. I'm not a doctor, Lord. I'm not a counselor, Lord. I'm not a gang violence counselor. I can't tell your son or daughter to stop doing the things that got them in trouble, that got them shot at, that got them attempted to take their life away. I can't change the things that's happening to your son or daughter or brother or sister in the hospital right now. But what we can do is we can fight in prayer together. We can get on our knees right now. We can cry out to you, Lord. We can pray in our spirit language, and we can fight these things, Lord. I'm tired of hearing about phone calls of loss, Lord. I'm tired of hearing about phone calls. Of, of safety, of fearing for children's lives. In Jesus' name, I want to pray for safety over children's lives, Lord. I want to pray against sexual abuse. I want to pray against human trafficking. Lord, I want to pray against poverty. I want to fight these things right now because this is the only place I can fight right now, Lord. This is the only place where I can stand up and make a difference. And everybody with me right now, we can, we can actually shake the earth below us right now with our prayer, Lord. We can believe and we can fight because this is our battleground right here. We, we might not all be doctors. We might not all be counselors. We might not all be uh, marriage counselors. We might, but Lord, I'm praying against lust and pornography and marriages, Lord. I'm praying against fantasies that removes us from our partner, Lord. I want to pray against dependency on other human beings, Lord, but that our faith and our trust would be in you alone. Lord, I want to pray against division in the church. I want to pray against division in culture. I want to pray against division in politics. I want to pray against division in society, Lord. I want to pray against racism, Lord. I want to break everything, Father, that makes us think that we need to fear what we are not. I want to make us, Father, one, Lord. I want to pray right now in Jesus' name with the full power of heaven behind me against all sickness, Lord. We want to break, we want to dismantle the cancerous cells that are affecting our loved ones right now. Every single one, Lord, as if our prayer was, was a, um, was just a direct radiation to that, Lord, that it, it would just create life, Lord. I want to pray for the unhealthy growth and production of cells that's causing uh, physical harm um, to our loved ones right now. Lord, I want to pray against coronavirus in Jesus' name. Lord, it has taken its toll, and it is done in Jesus' name. Now, we're going to pray for this to be done. It hit a specific number. You knew when this would end, Lord, and we're praying for that end, Lord. We're praying for health and safety, Lord. I'm praying that we can come back better. Lord, I want to pray that on the other side of this pandemic that we value relationship, Lord, that we value distance. We don't need to be six feet away from each other. We don't need to be on Zoom calls with our church team and our church family and in our small group, Lord. I want to pray in Jesus' name that we will value intimacy, that we will learn how to value connection, that we will learn how to value community, Lord, that we will no longer take our health for granted, that there are people out there that pray for the bad health that we have, Lord. There's, there's people out there, Lord, in Jesus' name, if we put our problems down, Lord, that they would run to come pick up our problems, Lord, that they would kill to have our problems. In Jesus' name, I praise you for everything that we have forsaken, Lord, because it has made us stronger. Lord, I want to thank you for every broken night, every crying, every teardrop, Lord, that made us stronger in you, Lord, that gave us more faith. Father, I want to break down systematically, Lord, 
systematically human trafficking and sex trafficking. Lord, I want to pray that the finances go into that in every state and every city where it is, where it is, um, that it is thriving. Lord, I want to pray that there are finances back to break it down, Lord, in Jesus' name. I want to pray against homelessness, Lord. I want to pray against uh, seeing tents on the side of the freeway, Lord. That we, I want to pray for finances. I want to pray for leadership. I want to pray for the right legislation to pass, Lord. I want to pray for all those people. Lord, it is cold out there at night. It is cold. And some of us will never know what it feels like to sleep under a freeway. Some of us will never know what it's like to not know where your next meal is coming from. And some of us know dang well exactly what all those feelings feel like, Lord. But whatever side of that fence we are on, Lord, I want to pray against that in Jesus' name that there are people that are hurting, that tomorrow is no different than six months ago to them. There's, they don't look at a calendar. Father, I want to pray for everybody out there that doesn't have a name anymore. I want to pray for everybody out there that doesn't have a voice anymore, Lord. I want to pray for the, for the people who are in homes right now with heat and with food, and they're being abused and hurt, and there's pain right now. Father, I want to pray for, for the broken families and, and the broken homes and the broken marriages, Lord, that there would be a reparation, Lord, that there would be repair, Lord, that there would be a unity, Lord, where there needs to be healing and breakthrough and freedom, Lord, we pray down healing and breakthrough and freedom, Father, for your kids, for your children. It has gone on too long. This year had, it had its time with pandemic and unrest and division and racism and, and hurt and pain, Lord, and brokenness. And, and having friends and family members that we respected and loved being revealed, Lord, to have, to have just ugliness in their heart, Lord. I want to pray for these people, Lord. I want to pray for the people that don't understand. People with discernment, look past your facts and your arguments and realize that you have hate in your heart. No matter how much of a good point you can make, it doesn't, it doesn't destroy the fact that you have hate in your heart. But I want to pray that that is removed from people, that it's done now. In Jesus' name, that it is done now, that this virus is done now, that this pain is done now, that the loss is done now, that we've walked through it together. We held our head up high, Lord. We called on you, Lord. And now you go before us. You cross the Jordan before us. You cross the promised land before us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Father, I pray down. You told John and James, you don't know the, the spirit that you operate in right now because they were praying down fire when it was not time to pray down fire. But it's time to pray down fire now. It's time to pray down healing now. It's time to pray down change now. It's time, if you prophesy and that's your thing right now, then prophesy right now. And I mean right now. You prophesy against it right now in Jesus' name. And I pray through that if you have the gift of healing right now, then you need to spend your weekends driving by hospitals and you need to stretch your hand over that hospital and you need to pray. It is time for us now. Saints, it is time for us right now. It is our time now. If you are a pastor, then you need to pastor people on Zoom and on FaceTime. If you, if you are a teacher, then you need, to be, you need to be posting on Facebook, breaking down Bible verses. It is time right now. If you are a prophet, it is not the time to be quiet right now. If you're a prophet, we are all the hands. We are all the eyes. We are all the voices. We are all the, it is us, you guys. We are, it, it is time to move now. It is time to act. See, the enemy had his chance, and he tried to use all these little things this year, and he tried to use it to plant fear, and he tried to use it to plant division, and he tried to break up families, and he, and he tried to get you to block that person. That person that you're trying to block and delete because they post stupid stuff on Facebook, that's the person you need to be interceding for, and you need to be pursuing them in friendship and in intimacy because they're, they're ignorant to things because they've never stepped out of their bubble before, and you need to break that bubble down. You need to step on it. 
you need to blow it out. You need to do whatever, the, whatever you need to do to break through to those people because this now is the year that we do that. 2021 is the year that God responds. And 2021 is the year that God responds through each and every one of us. So we break it down in Jesus' name. We pray for every broken family right now, Lord. We pray for every family that is financially struggling right now, every family that is looking at their bills versus what's coming into the bank account. They're looking at the deposits versus what's going out, Father, and it does not line up. Right now, in Jesus' name, I break that. But what I want to break is the generational spirit of poverty, Lord. I want to break poverty over us. Lord, of us POC people of color that have had the spirit of poverty thrown at us generationally, where we've been in red line neighborhoods, where we've been denied loans, and we've been denied, um, we've been denied uh, financial progress because of where we lived and weren't allowed to get ahead in school and in career and things like that. I want to pray a breaking down of that. And for those of us that are listening today that might have had the opportunities to go to college, to be raised in a, ham- a family with healthy financial decisions, I want to pray that from your place of covering and anointing in that financial, then, then disperse your gift over those who don't, don't have it. Release the financial anointing that you have. I want to pray for those of us that come from broken homes, that were born outside of the covering of marriage. Lord, I want to pray for an adoption, Lord, into your kingdom, Lord, that we would have the covering of a child that was born under a, a, a married covering, Lord. I want to pray for that. Those of us that didn't have a family growing up, I want to pray the spirit to come out of us, Lord. I want to pray for a unity with you, Lord, and that I want to pray for a breaking down of generational curses that have destroyed us before we were even born. I want to pray against drug abuse. I want to pray against all the tendencies. I want to pray against smoking. If you have a problem right now smoking, I want to pray in Jesus' name for a healing. If you have a, if you have a problem with A1C right now, and, and, and you have a problem with blood pressure, you have a problem with anything right now health-related like that, that needs to get taken care of now because later on down the road it can become bad, I pray in Jesus' name that you won't have the genetic tendencies to do the things that are putting you in a bad, healthy position because we break that in Jesus' name. I break every racist word that has been spoken against us. I, I break every act of racism that has been acted against us, Lord. I forgive every – I forgive the police officer that pulled a gun on me and pointed it to my head and said that he would blow my head off if I don't move, and I did nothing I forgive that man. I forgive everybody, Lord, that has walked over me, that has walked over my family, that has said something wrong against me or my family. Lord, we, I, we forgive them. Lord, we turn the other cheek to every single person that has trapped us in unforgiveness. We break it, Lord, in Jesus' name. And Father, I call out to you with a hallelujah that rises louder than any word of hate. Lord, any, any, anything that can divide us, Lord, I call out to you louder than that. Father, in Jesus' name. Father, and it's your tenderness, Lord. It is your mercy that is the difference maker. Father, we have nothing on this planet. There is no money. There is no house. There is no car. There is nothing here for us. And I'm crying out to each one of you that can hear me right now. If one of us can reach out to 10 people, can reach out to 10, can reach out to 10, we can make disciples and we can do this and we can change the world around us. And it starts right here and it starts with a prayer right now and it starts with a faith that we live out, that you can make a difference. You can change the world around you. You can bring healing to a hurting, dying world. You can bring a drink, you can bring a drink of water to a thirsty world. The water that comes from a rock, not the water that comes from the stream. Water that comes from a rock. And in Jesus' name, I try each one of you to go out, to go out there and to do that. Just as Jesus charged us, 
we got to go do that. We got to go out and make disciples and, and reproduce ourselves and, and what we know of God in other people. And we do it by having hope and having faith in the ugliest, craziest, darkest situations. We got to hold on. That's the reason for the seasons. That's what we celebrate when we're with our family today and tomorrow. It starts right now. It starts here. The healing starts now. The change starts right now. In Jesus' name, I want to pray for all our future generations. I want to pray for the genera- our kids and our grandkids and, and, and all, all of them and, and everybody else past that. Lord, I want to pray that there will be change, that there will absolutely be change in Jesus' name. That, that our kids won't have to repeat the same mistakes that we made. If we were locked up or went to jail, our kids won't have to do that either. And if we were on drugs and addicted, our kids won't have to do that either. And if we had to go through abuse and experience pain and hurt and, and being just suffocated emotionally, our kids will not have to experience that. They will not, those spirits no longer have a home in our family line. In Jesus' name, I break it. I close that door. I deadbolt that door. Lord, in Jesus' name, that they can't get in that we swept and we cleaned. And when that spirit comes back to try to revisit with the same sin in our kids' lives, and just the way the enemy tried to destroy our marriage 20 years ago, he is not going to destroy our kids' marriage and our kids' life. And he's not going to get our kids addicted. And it's just not going to happen because it stops right now. Because too long have Christians been a, a watching sport. Too long has Christianity been an observing sport. It's been, it's been something where you just sit back and watch. But not any longer. No more past today do we just watch, but we get active, and not just with our prayer, but with our love, with our patience, with reaching out to people, that we're not just going to fall in to declare victory and be like, ah, man, I'm just so ready to let God change me and love on people, but know that we do it with all our tough family members today and tomorrow, the ones that annoy us, the ones that we blocked on Facebook, the ones that we don't talk to, that we would actually, with them, that we would start with them, that we would start with the most difficult people in our lives. And I thank you. I just thank you, Father, for, for being so patient with us, for giving each one of us our, of our sins, no matter what your past is. I don't care what you did. I don't care what you did illegally, if you're listening. I don't care that you should probably be spending the rest of your life in prison for some of the stuff you did. I don't care that you should have been in trouble, that you should have been, you should have paid a price, you should have had a, a lawsuit filed against. I don't care what you did. It is covered under the Lord now. It is done. You're a new creature in Christ. You are forgiven. I don't care what you used to call yourself because now you're called son. Now you're called daughter. Now you are not what you used to be anymore. So stop. I'm, this is a prophetic word to who's listening right now. You are not who you used to be anymore. You're not who you were six months ago. You are not who you were when you were 23. You are not who you were when you were 20. If you made bad dating decisions and you chose the wrong person, you are not that person anymore. You are not them anymore. If you made bad business decisions and your business failed, and then your second business failed, then you are not a bad business leader. You just learned how not to do it. That's all it is. God was showing you how not to do it because there's so many people in the Bible who failed because they tried to do the right thing at the wrong time, and that's all it was for you. You will start a successful company. You will reach people in ministry. You will reach people. You will bring healing. You will help people. You will do what you're called to do. You will be happy. You will be in a successful marriage. You will be in a successful relationship. Just don't, don't fall into the fact that you let your failures determine your identity. That is not what determines who you are. And somebody needed to hear that today. I need you to hold on to that. And I need you to know that. 
So we seal all these things up to you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Father, I know that you heard us today. Father, I know that you heard everybody crying out to you right now. It's quiet right now because everybody's on mute, but I know that we're all crying out to you in our spirit language right now. We're all worshiping. There's people singing right now, Lord, in Jesus' name, and you can hear it, Father. And, and I know that you heard this prayer, Lord, and I know that we're going to bring about change, and I know that we can bring it if 10 people prayed and believed, Lord. You said where two or more gather in my name, there I am. And there's a lot more than two people here today, Lord. So I thank you for that, Father. I pray that you be glorified in the good, the bad, the ugly, no matter what it is. You be glorified in it, Lord, because it's your love, your bigness, your size, your, your goodness, Lord, that is bigger than any evil we can experience or see or any pain or hurt or adversity we could experience on this planet. Because it's all about the defining of your character. And Jesus came to define you, and we are here to define Jesus. And I thank you for that, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Happy holidays, guys. Merry Christmas. You're dismissed. Thank you for calling today. We have a great service tomorrow, too. Um, call in for that 6 a.m., same time. Um, yeah, thank you, guys, everybody. Love you so much, every one of you, seriously. And thank you, everybody, for sharing. Uh, have a good one, you guys. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Be blessed. Shalom. Thanks. Have a blessed day, everyone. Have a blessed day, everyone. Oh, good.